0: This is Shaka Speak. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Shock Speak. I'm Gareth. As always, my co-host Ryan. This so week, we got a really, really great interview this week. We got somebody here who is a great friend of mine. Uh, really happy for everything that's going on. We got Don Treese Brown with us. Yes, sir. Don Treese is a designer, an educator, an entrepreneur. A, 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 would you call yourself an activist?
1: I would say yes. Hip hop right. connoisseur, maybe. You can say connoisseur. Hip hop connoisseur. Yeah, hip hop connoisseur. Yeah, yeah, excited yeah, yeah, about yeah. that.
0: Yeah, so we've got we've got the uh the kind of uh I wouldn't I wouldn't say Jack of all trades because sometimes people take that as a negative thing. Absolutely. But I would say maybe a renaissance man. Let's yeah, say yeah, that. Yeah, how about yeah, that? Yeah.
2: Uh, I can dig that. Yeah.
0: So uh uh Donatrice, you and I we go back I don't even
2: know how many years it is now. Four or five years? Oh at least. At least I arrived here in twenty fifteen and we met very shortly after that through AIGA Richmond. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it's been uh, it's been great. We've uh I think we both had some parallel spaces in our life mm-hmm. along the way. Yep. And, uh, you know, every time uh, you're, you're jumping off with a new project, I'm always excited to hear about what you're doing. Yeah. So uh, you happen to move into the same building yeah. with a new venture that we're going to get into later. Okay. Okay. Um, moved in the same building that our studio space is in. And when I met up in your office, I was like, you got to get in the studio yeah, because no it's doubt. like two rooms away. Yeah. It's
1: hilarious. So You can't make um, that stuff up.
2: No, so it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Outside it's, of all of my music thumping
1: from my office. Yeah. No doubt. <laughs> no, it's hey, nice. At least, we, at least we share the same music <laughs> no appreciation. Doubt. I was about to so, say, it's, uh, it's not
0: a terrible thing to hear most deaf t- through two three No hours. doubt. <laughs> it's not a
1: problem. Umi is one of my favorite oh all-time my God. Most, Yeah, so I was like, well, that's, that's like good taste right there. I mean, I had, <laughs> yeah. That album is impeccable.
0: It's, uh, you know, got a lot of, I think we got a lot of stuff we can talk about this morning. So I'm really excited to jump into it. But uh, I think, you know, first things first, like we typically do when Mm -hmm. we uh, talk to folks on the show, we always like to find out that origin story. We like to figure out the backstory, what it's about. So, you know, go back as far as you want. Uh, How'd you... How'd you get rolling with the design and all the stuff you're up to?
2: Yeah. And so, um, you know, as we, we spoke a little bit earlier, um, it's, it's innate. I mean, it's something that's been in me for as long as I can remember, um, in, in, in grade school, in elementary school, I can remember sketching. I can remember drawing. Uh, I can remember writing rhymes, uh, those types of things. Um, growing up in the inner city streets of Louisville, Kentucky, um, I was surrounded with a lot of um, you know, drugs and violence and everything that's associated with that uh, single-parent home, uh, but my mom was really strict on academics. Um, but uh, I always needed some type of creative release, mm-hmm. um, and I can remember drawing as, as, as far as I can go back, and it just kind of stuck with me as I ventured into the idea of I'm going to be a professional basketball athlete and buy my mom this huge house and have tons of cars and things like that. Or be a rap artist that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to really work. You can just make a lot of money. Um, but I always had this idea of, you know, art has to be, art was and is a piece of who I am. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. And, and as I went into, <clears throat> excuse me, as I went into, you know, grade school, coming into uh, uh, middle school, Uh, high school, even remember uh, focusing on art. I didn't really focus on art until I had to make a decision of what I really wanted to do. I always thought I was going to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I didn't make it in sports, I was going to be some type of business owner. Uh, And I love how Jay-Z always says, I'm not a businessman, I'm a business man. Mm. And so I always knew I wanted to wear a suit. I always wanted to knew I want to be that, but creative has always been a part of that. And so once I got into high school, I really started to identify, yeah, I'm, I'm an artist. And it was really weird because I was also an athlete, mm-hmm. uh, football player, basketball player, track athlete, and imagine doing all those three sports, but your heart is always focused on art mm-hmm. uh, and getting engaged in art. Um, but you know, once in high school, I really focused on that. And then once I um, went to college, um, small liberal arts school, Uh, right outside of Lexington, Kentucky, Georgetown College. I actually went in as a business major Mm. and an art minor. Mm. And then once I got there, I was like, I don't like all these numbers with accounting and all Mm -hmm. this crap, and I really want to do art. So I switched uh, my major minor to an art major and then a communications minor Mm. Uh, because I was always one that had you'll never see me at a lack of words. Now, now I will tell you this, I will listen more. But when I speak, it's, it's, I hope that, uh, you know, that it's impactful to folks. Um, And so once I made that shift, I really felt comfortable um, being an artist and understanding art and why, you know, not only just art, but the creative problem solving that comes with art, Mm. you know, because, Art, as we know, is truly subjective, right? I mean, it's, it's like what I think is great, you can look at it and say, man, it ain't, ain't shit, you know? <laughs> and you can look at it and say, that's ah, all right. But it's the creative problem solving that I really started to identify was a solution to a lot of things. I didn't know where that would take me when I was in college, not yeah. one bit. Um, but I knew that I had this unique ability to solve problems creatively, mm-hmm. And that could go from the classroom. That could go from the football field to the basketball field to conversations to dealing with at-risk youth. Youth to anything, mm-hmm. um, you know. And so I really held on to that, and I really took pride in that. And one of the things that you know um, that really kind of bugs me a little bit, I think you and I, uh, Garrett, talked about this a bit, is um, you know this idea of design thinking. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love the concept, of course, but we've as creatives have always been design thinkers. Yeah, that's just the yeah, way we yeah, operate, yeah. you know, and now it gets into the corporate world and everyone's like, oh, design thinking, let's do this and <laughs> let's do that. And we're just like, come on, man, we've been doing this for yeah, years. This yeah. is who we are. Yeah, um, right. And so, uh, you know, kind of fast track that into, um, I, I was actually, this is, this is cool. I was actually a a, a fine, a true fine artist, mm-hmm. I was an abstract painter. Uh, Vasily Kandinsky was one of my favorite artists, and I, you know, Pollock was one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Um, and so, I was a true fine artist. I didn't even think design, graphic design, was was even art. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got a computer doing all the work.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. like, you go out
2: and you find this, you find that, you sculpt this, you put it all together, and you make something out of what you find. Uh, and it wasn't until the end of my sophomore year in college we had my my uh professor uh, our professor had a a a uh forget what his title was but he was like a a a a, a designer of some sort mm-hmm. um and he came in and showed us how to do page layout and things like that uh and then the next day he had this visual artist come in and he put us in front of a computer And he showed us all these, Mm -hmm. you know, motion graphics. And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what is this? And I had no idea. I mean, I was just like, and then from that point on, I just took it and ran with it. And at Georgetown, we had no graphic design department, none Mm -hmm. whatsoever. Excuse me. And so what I did is I went to my professor and I said, I'm really interested in this. Like, I think there, you know, the research that I've done, I think there's a lot of potential. It's unknown, but I like it. And uh, and so we decided to partner. So back before Wikipedia, back before YouTube, back before all of that stuff, we had books we had to read, right? Yeah, I remember that. Um, And so... (laughs) We, we, I, uh, he ordered all the, um, right now the Adobe creative suite, it wasn't called that back then, but Photoshop, illustrator, Mm Quark express and design came later, all those cat, all all those books. And what I would do is I would read every single one. I would learn everything I could, and then I would help him build a curriculum Mm -hmm. around graphic design. And so from my junior year to my senior year, I focused totally on graphic design and I helped build a curriculum that is now an official degree, or a, a, a major at Georgetown College, is Green Graphic Design. That's awesome. Um, and you know, once you get to a point where you've taken all the classes you can within your major, then you do these independent study type yep. things. Yep. And so all my independent studies was, was one was Illustrator, one was you know, uh, PageMaker at the time, Cork mm-hmm. Express came later, Photoshop, and I just learned as much as I could, taught my professor, and we build, built a program there. And so I was the first one at Georgetown College to graduate with a specialization in graphic design. Hmm. Um, eventually, I left and, and graduated, ran my own business for a little while, came back after my master's at Moorhead State and ran the program that I started for for eight years. Wow. Um, and it was amazing. We went from like a, a room of four students mm-hmm. to 24 students in three years. That's great. I That's mean, great. it was amazing. Yeah. And... Um, At the same time, in in that time I was there at Georgetown, I also, you know, being, you know, kind of influential and business savvy, I convinced Georgetown to pay for my MFA from SCAD. So I would travel Mm -hmm. back and forth in between semesters. Uh, One of the greatest things I've learned from SCAD is how the professors there are actually actively working. Mm -hmm. They've got a lot of adjunct professors, not a whole lot of full-time professors. They have a lot of adjunct professors. So they're bringing real-life projects to the classroom. And so as I was learning from SCAD, I would take that knowledge back and... You know, we know as designers, you've got what you got your type study poster, you've got your social justice poster, you got your CD cover, (laughs) layout, deal, all the generic stuff that every graphic design student will have in their portfolio. But what I started to do is I would reach out to the community and say, what projects do you actually need to be solved? And how can I implement that in the classroom? Mm. And so then our students were actually doing legitimate work within their portfolios, which was great. Um, And uh, had an amazing time doing that. And then, you know, I got into the creative world and you know, as an educator, all of my other design friends were in the corporate world, you know, Mm -hmm. Nike and, and, you know, just doing just freaking amazing work. And here I am just kind of like teaching kids and I love that. And it was just kind of, and so I decided to step away and get into the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And then that's where, you know, I really started to identify the struggles with us as a creative, Mm -hmm. as being the real true business leaders and movers within organizations. Um, became a member of AIGA early on, of course, dropped out when I couldn't afford it, then came back in when I could. You know how that goes (laughs) with every designer, every creative, (laughs) they do that. Um, But, uh, you know, really started to grab a niche into building in-house creative teams Mm -hmm. and and understanding the value that creatives really bring to business solutions, business Mm -hmm. revenue. Um, And that kind of, you know, long story short, led me all across up and down the East Coast, New York, Connecticut, Uh, Victorinox Swiss Army, did some work for Nike, those types of things, and then kind of made my way into Capital One here Mm -hmm. in Richmond. And so we relocated here in in, in 2015. Um, And then I'm I'm actually missing out on a big gap in between there. So as I was in Victorinox Swiss Army, I mean, I was was the creative director for North America. It was an international company. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing creative work for this company, mm. for all of North America, working with international partners, um, and and then I got to the point where I had two kids at the time. Um, I I was like, I want my work to actually start to mean something and to do something. Um, and then I got on this thing of you know really switching how I use my creative to. Uh, empower, inspire, and motivate folks to do great things, uh, using that as a leverage. And so when I left, when I left Swiss Army, I was at the point to where I was like, I'm not doing anything unless my creative is impacting the community somehow, or my work is. Yeah. And that's what le- actually, that's what led me to Capital One, because I knew nothing about Capital One. Well, I knew about Capital One, but I wasn't even thinking about Richmond, Virginia, Yeah. Um. But when I got hired as the a, a director for brand creator for the banking side of the business, I focused on, uh, was inspired by that idea of helping the community from a financial literacy standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, really got involved with AIGA, uh, was pulled into all types of conferences and seminars and speakers and started to become this creative leader within that space. Um, and so that's kind of what led me here. And then, you know, after a year or so at Capital One, I was like, it's all good, but you're not feeling what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I left there and started doing uh, uh, my own independent stuff, which as creatives, we're all consultants, right? Like <laughs> yeah. we we have full-time jobs, but we're always moonlighting. We're always doing some creative stuff. And uh, that kind of led me to the Arthur Ashe Initiative, which we'll talk about, the Christopher mm-hmm. Ray Richmond High School, which we'll talk about, uh, Randolph-Macon, I'm sure we'll talk about, um, all of that kind of sat me here with with my company now, Brown Baylor, which uh, we're really excited excited about, and we'll dive into that a little bit more too. So, oh yeah, uh, that's kind of you know where my origin starts. Creative has always been a part of me, uh,
1: and I think when when you know it, you know it, mm-hmm. uh, and you just got to follow it. Did you did you get? I mean, so you know, so I, I was a three sport athlete in high school, mm-hmm. college, uh, track, basketball, football, yeah, high, high jump. <laughs> Yeah, ba- I jumped in. yeah really yeah basketball <laughs> basketball adulterer but i got I, I got recruited in a high jump and and so uh art got filtered through athletics for me yeah um so like i did like letterman letterman jacket design like yeah and so um i got a lot of pushback unless i did things that were keenly for uh the art the the athletic community so like like if I had to walk a tightrope, if yeah. I veered off course into experimentation too much, yeah. it, it was too weird. It identified too much with the art kids. Yep. But if I was too on the nose in the athletic side of things, the art kids were. were mm-hmm. So I tended to sort of live in a liminal space between yep. those two points. Um, and so I'm just wondering for you, um, was there support for you, or was it? Were you seen as an anomaly? Like, did you expe- Like, how did you experience? Um, those impulses in terms of infrastructure or support from the surrounding community. Yeah,
2: and I think you're absolutely right. I I, I walked that same thin tightrope. Yeah. Um. You know, high school was a little bit more difficult because we were we were a large high school, uh, so people just weren't. You know, what you're an artist. What what the hell yeah, is that yeah, type yeah, yeah. deal? Or yeah. you're a football player. You're a jock. You're not yeah. supposed to be yeah. doing this type of deal. Uh, when I went to college, we were a small liberal arts school. I mean, right. we were at the time. I think maybe 13, 1,400 students. Okay. <clears throat> and um, you know, you know, I, I was I was a fairly decent athlete yeah. there. So I got a lot of attention as an athlete, but it was a it was a a small enough pond to where I could stand out. Yeah, but it was also big enough to where I could actually show a little bit of more of my diversity yeah. in what I was able to do. <laughs> um same as you, I did all the football practice shirts and yeah. things like yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I got involved, and one of the things I did while I was in college, when I started my, my my business there, just simple screen screen printing T-shirt business, is I connected with all the fraternities and sororities. Yeah, mm. what homecoming event you got? What dance you got going on? Let me yeah. do the design for it. Yeah. and so that kind of you know tied everything together. Yeah, uh, with folks also knowing that I was an, an an artist, and it was different because when you are a true fine artist. You know, it it tends to have like a softer feel to your masculinity, Mm -hmm. Uh, but in graphic design, it was so unknown, and all people knew me as was a graphic designer that does t-shirts and does these types of things. So it was a little bit easier to kind of walk that line. Yeah. but I can remember being at practice and still have paint under my nails, yep. you know, yep. and still have cuts and scrapes from burns in the kiln or, yep. you know, chipping away at, at some wood for a sculpture.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. all that
2: stuff. And, yeah. you know, just thinking about, you know, true photography development, mm-hmm. like taking the pictures, getting the rollout, going through the entire process and sitting there and waiting to see how that development was. Um, I think it, it, it truly helped me, but... Uh, it was a difficult balance. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it. I feel like it was. Uh, I wouldn't change it for me. I think it was helpful. Right. I think it's helped me uh, be a better professor as far as the way I teach yeah. people because yeah. uh, those things are a fuse for me. But I just remember, like in college, my first uh, art class in college, I said I have to leave early for practice. Yeah, if I can get ten minutes. To get to practice and they're like, you can't do both. You have to choose. Yeah, yeah. And I remember hey. my mind just being like, I've never had to choose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm here because of both. I'm not here because of one or the other. Absolutely. You know, and um uh, and so just that stigma. I feel like it's changed a lot, but yeah, that stigma was there. I don't I mean, I'm assuming it's changed a little bit. I feel like we're a little more um yeah, uh, diversified in that sense. I think
0: it's changed some, but you know, even like, you know, our good friend Ron. He's uh, he's doing some great stuff with arts and athletics, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's still it's one of those spots that uh, I think we still think of it as almost like uh, if you said like, oh, I'm a math major and an art major, we'd be like, how does that work together? Right, right. You know, I think it's still in some ways it's like, oh, and and maybe maybe it's just because of the amount of time it seems to take for both of those Mm -hmm. things for you to actually. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. Like, you know, because my freshman year of college, I got uh, special permission to be in a photography class that grad students were taking, mm-hmm. and I would spend 40 to 50 hours a week in the dark room. Yeah. And like, how do you, you know if, if I were on a, like the basketball team? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How, yeah. Yeah, how do you do that? Well, yeah, maybe, are, maybe that's
0: part <coughs> of the stigma. I don't know.
1: Yeah. 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 Cause there are two identity uh, identities in a, in a sense that come with a whole bunch of, of loaded assumptions that oh, are yeah. uh, partly yeah. true, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got to put in time to obtain a certain kind of like know-how that's like in right. there, right? Like you are right. saying, I had to right. read through all these books. I mean, you got to yeah, devote yeah. time to it. Oh, yeah. And the same is true with athletics, man. Like, I mean, I had to devote a lot of time to it. It's mm-hmm. just that I had never um, felt the tension because those are the two things that I did. It's right. like all right, I right, did. Right. I didn't right. do anything else. And that's else. all you knew. That's all I knew. Yeah,
2: and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and for me, one of the things about being, you know, one of the, the stud athletes on campus – Everybody's always looking up to you and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so that helped when I talked about, oh yeah, I'm this star athlete on the football team, but I'm also an artist. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let me engage a little bit more about what that means. Let me have more conversations. That's right. So that actually brought folks in. And uh, it was really it was really funny. Like one of my really cool friends um, at Georgetown was a guy named Tim Henderson. He was one hundred he was Probably one hundred and ten pounds soaking wet, uh, skateboarder, tag artist, mm-hmm. um, and he had this. He was a white dude with an afro, uh-huh. and he and I—he knew like from a technical perspective all of the software. Yeah, uh, he knew how to fix the machines. He knew how all all that stuff, and I was the guy that was the creative. So when something didn't work in the software or something went wrong with the computer, I go to Tim, and then we just connected. Mm -hmm. And so here I am, I'm six foot three, you know, football player. And here's this little guy riding (laughs) on a skateboard right beside me. And we became this icon around campus. That's that's Um, amazing. But he introduced me to so many different things uh, that were just like, wow, I can remember, you know, sneaking away, jumping on the train, he and I, and just riding it and getting off whenever it stopped. Yeah. I mean, I would never done anything like yeah. that before. And his tag artistry, I mean, art, artistic skills were just, like, phenomenal. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that, that, I love that just because I guess the picture you just gave me, you're like, we were iconic around campus, is that the, the picture you gave is the know and be known kind of thing we talk about, mm-hmm. like that y'all knew each other to such an extent that it superseded whatever seemed didn't to be the differences, right? Didn't even
2: matter. But it
1: also didn't <clears throat> require that you had to look alike. right. Right. You didn't have to conform to something to each other right. in order to merit being together. No doubt. And I think that's a beautiful picture, man.
2: Well, and he he also got clout you yeah. know, yeah, from yeah, yeah. hanging out with an athletic group and being involved. And everybody yep. knew Tim. All the football players knew Tim. because. Yep. But then I got clout yep. because I hung out with all his people. Right, right, right. And right, it right. was like, oh, you bring in, oh, okay, he, he's yep. legit. He's straight. And yeah, we yeah, would yeah. sit in the art building, and we had a similar setup here. Again, most deaf, you yep. know, Pete Rock, CL Smooth. Mm-hmm. Yep. We would jam it and we would sit there and we would just create stuff. It was a safe space. Yep. And he brought in his group. I brought in my group and we yeah, didn't see any
0: difference. That, man. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love that man. It's fantastic. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a I mean, I think um, you know, that's something I think can be pretty difficult. Um to grow those communities that have that overlap, mm-hmm. but still can really champion the differences. Right. Yeah. Um, cause I know I'm you know, thinking back through college, but then yeah, especially as you get into grad school and stuff, mm-hmm. things become much more, yeah. much more insular. right? Yeah. 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 Then you yeah. get into the business world and there's another thing, la- another layer added to it. Right. Yep. So it's always tough, but I think that we also have this, uh, there's kind of, for a lot of folks, it might be an unspoken or unrealized like desire. For yeah that deeper kind of community yeah, yeah which is really tough which I, I don't I don't know like how how's that idea of like community and the sort of stuff you're talking about with your friend Tim in college like do you think that plays into in any way the stuff you're talking about about wanting your design to really like impact people oh
2: without question I mean I mean I I I learned so much from Tim, not only from a technical component, you know, I could now go in and fix computers. I understand the software and how it works and why you would use Illustrator over Photoshop to do Mm -hmm. this or this. Now this stuff is just like secondhand for us as designers, but it also opened me up into a world that I never, uh, coming from the inner city, I never thought of that. Yeah. Um, and the way our, our campus was a, a – a, it was not a diverse campus. I mean, the only blacks you saw on campus were athletes. Mm. So we had 1,400, 1,500 students, and, you know, 40 of us were on a football team. Uh, five of us were on a basketball team, and we had one or two that were baseball players. That yeah. was it. Yeah. Um, and everyone else was white. Uh, and so as we are trying to figure out how we fit and change dynamics there, you know, I – hook up with a guy through art. Yeah. You know, we were sitting in art class, and then Mm. we were sitting in, you know, our basic computer class, and then we just started to talk and share. Yeah. And then when you take it beyond that, um, the music... Uh, was one thing that really connected us. I mean, he yeah. loved Gangstar. That's oh, all Gang he Star, would listen yeah. to. Dwyk? Nice. Like, what, what, yeah. the, what the hell? <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> you don't know, man. And then you think about uh, Lupe Fiasco, who's uh-huh. one of my favorites, who's a yeah, skater yeah. and things yeah. like that. It yeah, just yeah. reminds me. But I think um, understanding how we really transition the perspective and the perception of diversity on campus within our four years were huge. Yeah. Uh, And it had to do with me being a a, a student athlete that got a lot of attention, but also the folks that I hung around. And when they started to see that, oh, he not only hangs around football players, but he hangs around baseball players, soccer players, and he hangs around art students and skaters. And then we got into theater, so I'm hanging out with the theater crew. Mm -hmm. you know. And it was just that whole art life that people were like, holy cow. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then when you, 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 you get past, you know, all of the, 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 the division and divide of color and just truly understand who folks are, mm-hmm. that, you know, really makes a difference, 100%. particularly from a liberal arts standpoint, when you've oh, yeah. got that foundation there yeah, too. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Cause I mean,
0: I, and this is something that, you know, we talked about before and I'm sure, you know, in, in all our classes at some point, we probably talked about, um, you know, like the, Within especially our educational spaces mm-hmm. if if your focus is so extreme that you're not able to touch into other subjects or mm-hmm. other viewpoints, like that has an impact on how you create. yeah, it has right. an impact, I think on your ability to draw from you know and, and you know we could we could talk about design thinking and critique it all day because mm-hmm. I think we got some uh, specific ideas about yeah. ourselves. but the uh, you know I think one <coughs> of the reasons things like design thinking are as popular as they've been in the last ten years. Because I think uh, some of the way that we uh, involve ourselves in the educational system has become so myopic, yeah. that we've got to find ways to actually learn about other stuff. Yeah. because yeah, it's yeah. no longer built into what we do. Right. You know, curiosity is a tough thing to keep going with a mm-hmm. lot of folks, mm-hmm. uh, because you know, well, educational systems can be pretty rigid. Yeah, it's like an yeah. in
1: meshing because if you if you follow the thread in terms of in terms of the specialization and myopia mm-hmm. that might follow from that long enough plus um what i would say is the identity built around the nature of what you do Mm -hmm. and it 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 begins to narrow you and your field of vision Mm -hmm. you don't you can't here's the thing you can't afford to lose the identity that's built around the narrowing field of vision Mm -hmm. so you have to invert you know and retain the identity as you try to peek back out into Mm -hmm. and so you end up sometimes i think creating solutions to perceive problems that are not actually problems, if you're not holding on to the identity. piece. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. do you know what I, mean, I, mean, I mean? Like, because yeah. yeah, it's, yeah, it's already actually, like you said, we've been design thinking, right? So now you're <laughs> right. now you're reinventing something, right, right. As a redundancy that already existed, and the resistance you're feeling is not so much that it's not possible; it's that it's that it's already the case. You just have to re, uh, sort of relax your understanding of. How you're defined that's why i'm like mm-hmm. man I'm, I'm a painter, professor artist i've done design mm-hmm. work like mm-hmm. i mean i've done so many different things like like i'm not holding any of those mm-hmm. those identities too tightly right as as singular in terms or definitional such that if okay. i lose that i lose myself right right right, right you know right. what i mean right i mean that sounds risky, and I don't mean you know, but if you really start pressing, what that means, but um, that's where I think you're seeing. Uh, I gotta say it's carefully, but academic academia is is doing this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's um. And so then everyone's like, you know, used to be. I'm not trying to go back, hundred percent, not trying to go back, but there was a time, like I said before, that uh, academics conference together. So the the assumption was, well, we need to get together and talk about like sciences, philosophy, mm-hmm, history. Mm-hmm. They conference together with the assumption that there was shared reality. And we needed to learn from each other, mm-hmm. yeah. and and I I wish that that was there more than it is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know,
0: well, I think you know that's a that, that's a conversation that you hear in so many different spheres, right? Like, yeah. you know, I've I've heard it from people that are faculty members of universities. You know, mm-hmm. I wish there was more, you know, faculty kind of commingling mm-hmm. and and you know overlap and discussions. You hear it from you even hear it from students, mm-hmm. right? Like, I wish I wish I had more time to really like do this thing that was outside of class right. with other artists that maybe don't make the way I do. Yeah. You hear, yeah. You hear it a lot. Um, which I think, you know, and this is a, this is a flag I'm going to plant for us to come back to later. But mm-hmm. you know, I think again, just hitting on that, I think that it, it points to a lot of the need for community that we've talked a lot about Ryan. I know you're really mm-hmm. interested in Don Therese mm-hmm. is that, uh, you know, w- we understand implicitly and I think very explicitly at times, like we actually need each other. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a, it's not an an addition; it's a necessity. It's mm-hmm.
1: an it's an essential. What I like though that you're hitting on, Teresa, is in your description, you weren't asking. That doesn't sound to me like this, is, and this is always the case. So I'm always, I'm just like I wish folks could get this. Yeah, is you you weren't asking for intellectual kind of you know rubric or license or mm-hmm. ideological framework to interact in all these circles. Right. You saw it and you did it. Right. You weren't going yeah. like, well, how do we do this? Right. You were doing it. You just did it. You just did yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's <laughs> always the case. Yeah. And it it totally blows up yeah. the sort of, uh, the need to, explain everything and justify mm-hmm. it beforehand and mm-hmm. solve it as a, as an equation out here, as opposed to like, nah, I just go knock on the door and say, yeah. what's up, man? Like, yeah, you want to yeah. eat and talk about this possibility.
2: Let, let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. Like, yeah.
1: and it's just what it, I mean, I, I, I mean, I feel like maybe maybe you could hit that a little bit, but I feel like that's the case and that's what so many people miss. Yeah. Um, and I,
2: I think, you know, one thing I'll say is I was talking to a colleague of mine uh, at Randolph Macon and she's got a two year old daughter and and she was just talking about how fearless her daughter is mm-hmm. like she'll jump off this she'll she'll, she'll she, she's not afraid of anything <laughs> you yeah. I garrett what you're you know about. <laughs> and i I've, I've been through it with my kids and i told her i was like man i wish i still had that sense of fearlessness yeah yeah um and back to your point nothing now don't get me wrong Georgetown College was, it was a racial adjustment for me. Mm-hmm. You know, we still dealt with a lot of racial intention. I mean, frat parties and words mm-hmm. and slurs that were yeah. thrown at us. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was a little bit more in avoidance of that because I was a student athlete, mm-hmm. um, but I still dealt with it. Mm. Um, and I'd love to pin back, if we can, on... Now I'm so focused on changing that. Back then, I didn't, for some reason, do anything about it. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I don't, and I don't know why. And and my p- business partner and I have, have have talked about why mentally that I that that I didn't. But at the time, you know, when we were to 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 your point, it, it's it's like I never felt like I had to ask for permission to do anything. Mm-hmm. So, and it could have been because I was a dumb superstar jock. I felt like, you know, the school of 1,200, 1,300 students, I can do pretty much whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the dean of students really well. I know the president really well. Uh, I, I'm academically, I'm, I'm good. Uh, and so I just kind of felt like, you know, this is kind of my, my playground. Yeah. Uh, so when when I would go up to Tim or anybody else outside of, you know, my normal group, I didn't feel like, I had to ask for permission. Uh, none of that even crossed my mind. Um, uh, when you get to when you get to the, the the distinction of race, that's that's a that's a different conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in regards to hey, I want to pick your brain about this. Hey, do not you come and meet me to talk about this? You know, all those types of things. You know, there there was we didn't have to do. You know, now we are, and, and I, I I truly love the empathy and compassion we have for each other, but there is a bit of sensitivity to where folks have to kind of walk around before they start to I wonder how I should address this person and what I should say to sure. this person so that I don't offend those, the, these individuals. Yeah. Um, then at a small institution like that, you know, I mean, it was just like, hey— Let's go have a drink. Let's go have a smoke. You know, Tim was always he always yeah. had the herb rolled up, ready, yeah. ready yeah, to yeah, get yeah. down. Uh, and and it was just kind of like you know, let's let us let us do it. Why not? You know, right. we're in a small, and it, we were we were safe. You know, it was before yeah. the internet. It was before social media, so we didn't have That's to worry about stuff sne- sl, uh, slipping out or yeah. or anything like that. And we were yeah. actually. We were confined so much so within that little framework of our little B institution mm-hmm. that we felt safe enough to do some things um, uh, and felt comfortable enough uh, beginning to open up to each other. Yeah, that's, so that's, that's a great a, point.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point you just made. I mean, you got you just kind of flipped it on its head, and we're and, and we're talking about uh, physical spaces as the safe space from yeah. social media and some of what that's yeah. done. Is is I got my it just catapulted my mind into a whole spiral. So that's, yeah. that's something to think about for later. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, yeah. That's it's a great a, insight. It's a, it's a real great insight. Because yeah. I, remember, I
0: remember feeling that same way in undergrad. Mm-hmm. I felt like you know I had this little space that after the first few months, you kind of fall in with some friends, you get mm-hmm. a group, you, you get to carve out a space, and you get to be very intentional and right. very specific, and you get to kind of study that space and those people. You know, which is why I think when we come out of college, those could be some of the more like intimate and deep relationships we mm-hmm. have, like mm-hmm. it's a special, a special kind of, yeah. uh, you know, percolator space where things are yep. being put together, with pressure yep. and heat, right. and it's all good. Right. Um, and that, you know, I think is again, kind of points to some of that, like we feel that in college, then we get out, we don't have that as right. much and we're like, Oh, where is that? Where, where how, is I, it? Yeah. Know, how yeah, do we yeah. find that? How do we start to build those places?
2: You know, what's interesting to that is, is that, um, we figured it out. Mm-hmm. Like we figured once we got out of college and we didn't have that little whole safety thing and that we figured it out. Right. You know, and, and sometimes I think, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to prepare my kids to be like, it's not going to be this safe mm-hmm. yeah, in, in home right. or in your private school or, you know, in your community where you live. And that's fine. But when you get out there and you come up against something that isn't comfortable You've got to figure it out. Yeah, you You've got to. to have the grit to figure it out. And you know, Randolph, Macon, I'm I'm you know leading a program of career development. You know, teaching you know students how to speak, how to shake hands, uh, how to write emails, uh, how to interview. You know, how to network. Yeah, we didn't have any of that. No, that's no. right. You know, we figured that we, we figured it out. Mm-hmm. And so I I, I want. I, I want to make sure that our younger generations are able to just go out and just kind of figure, figure it. it once they get outside of that safety zone, that yeah, safety yeah, yeah. net, and not have to run back and say, I can't figure this out. I can't do this. And, you yeah, figure it the heck out. There's a commercial that comes on. I saw the other day, <clears throat> excuse me, and... <clears throat> excuse me, the mom is and you can see the mom and the kid yells in, Mom, I fell. I need a Band-Aid. And she goes, all right, there's one in the cabinet. And he says, <laughs> he says from a distance, and I'm bleeding. And she says, get two Band-Aids. <laughs> and I'm like, there you go. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's you know,
0: fact. I see that, uh, you know, whether it's like a workshop or a class, like there, there is a a, 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 a timidness sometimes that I see in folks. Um, I, I remember there's a, a situation I had in a workshop I was leading where we were talking about uh, doing uh, user interviews, mm-hmm. right? So trying to figure out how do we make, how do we make pathways towards good design? And then are talking about user interviews. And I had somebody come up to me afterwards and they asked me a question where I almost didn't know the answer to it because it was nothing I ever would have expected. <laughs> and so they said, um, so when, when we do an interview um, it just feels very insincere because we want to use that information for what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? And they're like, well, should we even do interviews? Cause I feel like I'm just using these people. I was like, well, there's a social contract where we can learn from each other. Right. You know, uh, where you don't have to feel bad about asking questions and learning from another person. Right. And they're like, Really? That's okay. I'm like, yes, it's okay to talk yeah. to people. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's okay to talk to people. It's okay to learn from people.
1: Right. It's see, okay this is right. lot of See, that. this is the thing, man. I know, how, but see, that that is a an anemic worldview that doesn't allow you to inhabit a fullness. Yeah. So it's not an either or. It's not like to do this social contract, I'm inauthenticated in the act because right. That's the only. That's right. the only thing happening right there. It's like a bigger horizon will allow you to go, this is happening. But actually like, you know, I go into situations that are formalized and I'm like, that's a real person right there. Yeah. And so I, I have a bent towards loving that person. It's like predisposed. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So and my expectation is possibilities around this occasion can occur. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, it's like yeah, when yeah. you're gardening and you, you, you know, we, you're dropping stuff and then all of a sudden something grows outside the garden bed and you're like, Oh snap, that's like kind of amazing. Like, what is that? Right. Um, it's just this generative expectation that people are, like, are, are prime, mm-hmm. and valuable. And leading with a big picture frees me to not feel like I'm walking on a razor's edge. And I, mm-hmm. I, I don't say that like I'm, I'm saying, you know, speaking personally, but I'm saying that's the thing that I always feel the burden to try to help people, students, mm-hmm. uh, have is just a, a bigger vision. That frees them to what's in front of their face a little yeah, bit. To not you feel also, so much anxiety about it.
0: And, it. and and to then move into a step where you understand it goes both ways, right? Right. right. I have a huge amount of possibility with every person I meet for mm-hmm. things that I can learn and ways that That's I can right. grow and projects that could happen and collaborations that could take place. Same with me the more you get to know me, the more you may have those opportunities, right? right? Right, right. Hopefully, hopefully I got something good enough that I'm, you know, uh, sparking off some some ideas or, or or you want to be in a relationship and, you Mm -hmm. know, go get some drinks and hang out and do dinner and stuff like that. That's hopefully the case, right? Because at the end of the day, that's really the heart of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I don't know how you have art or design if you don't have a foundation of a world that is relational. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how it really exists. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, it's tough, and I know that you know. I want to I want to touch on the stuff you're doing at Randolph Macon because uh, I think it's pretty amazing what's going on there and the way that you've been building out the program. It's amazing, um, but I would thank say you, just you. from the stuff I've seen yeah. and the conversations we've had, even from like that first time I was in your office the yeah. when you got hired, yeah, I think that uh, like. If anything, you're teaching these students how to be relational beings. Yeah. With impact.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know what's really cool about that is is I'll always go back to the Liberal Arts Foundation and yep. just being able to have a foundation to navigate no matter where you are right. because of that right. foundation. Yeah. Um, but then you know, and and I tell folks this, and and I tell them in a in, in a way that I truly love creative. Mm-hmm. Um. Understanding the corporate world, I'll I'll tell folks, my time at Randolph-Macon, I've been the most creative Mm. than I've ever been in my entire Mm. corporate creative world. And what I mean by that is we know how hamstrung we are in the corporate world from a creative standpoint. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, We're not, they have truly, they, they, corporate America is starting to understand the importance of creative as a business solution. Right. Before then, they never thought about it that way. Yeah. So we would always be hindered about our abilities and what we bring to the table. We were never had a seat at the table. We were never on the ground floor. It was always after everything else had already been decided. Yeah. Now let's bring in creative and have them create this. And we're like, well, 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 wait a minute. Why would you do this and say this and make this and do this yeah. and bring us in earlier? And so when I say that, I say that because I've been more creative from this standpoint, from my mind standpoint, from my creative problem-solving standpoint. So I've been in those executive meetings and folks have asked me, what do you think about this? How would you solve this problem? How would you redo this? Here's what we've done in the past. Can you help us with this? And so from using my creative thought process, which is what really makes us special, Mm -hmm. Is why I feel like I've been more creative because at Randolph Macon I, I I'm career development, right? So how can I use my creative problem solving in a career development standpoint to give the students all the tools that they need yeah. to go out and and do things? And that's being able to understand that you know you have to be creative with what you're doing out there, and how do you navigate those? Uh, and how do you adjust uh, being in those particular situations? So I say that not to say that creative is not good. I say that to say that I've actually been able to use my creative knowledge and skill set to the utmost. Yeah. And, and uh, when I was on uh, the, the, the board at AIGA, one of the things we talked about is how you, you never get to use your creative to your utmost ability until you get out of creative mm. until you get wow. out of something uh, because we are so hamstrung by mm. everyone's perception of what create, we always funnel up through marketing, but mm. marketing, they don't really, you know what I mean? Yes, it's like, yeah. come on, we should be partners. We shouldn't funnel up through marketing, yeah. right? We should be partners and we should actually be business partners within the overall organization. Um, and so until we get outside of that, and we we're all in all these other sectors and industries, and folks are saying, "I want to use that creative knowledge that you have to make us better." Yeah. Um, and so, you know, when I got the job, I ran off making one of the things. And and Gareth and I we met years ago, but as soon as I got that job, I reached out, "Hey, come." Let's, let's. How can we partner better? What can we do? Because we've got this idea of how we're going to change the world through creative. You know, <laughs> we were sitting at a, a Flying Squirrels baseball game talking about how we're going to change the world through creative. Let's figure out how to do it. That type of deal. So I know where his heart and his purpose is, and it fits within mine. But you know, higher education has always been something that I've done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inspiring our youth has always been something that inspired that that drove me. Uh, so being here now, how can I take this program mm-hmm. from a creative standpoint and blow it out of the water? Mm-hmm. Within two years, we were ranked number seventeen in the nation as the best career services. Wow. We have never been on any list like that. Yeah, but it's all about. I mean, I'm telling you, my creative thread and fabric is through everything that we do. Yeah, uh, and that openness, the the openness of being who you are, true to yourself. Trusting your gut, trusting your knowledge and confidence, and just going with it. Um, that's been something that is really exciting to see when my students come in and out. And when my team, you know, um, I, I was the only hire for this position that had not been in higher ed in terms of career development. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the the program actually started back in 2012, 2011, and I was the fourth person that they had in twenty seventeen. Oh wow! And all the predecessors had been from the higher education career development world. Hmm. So they were they were yeah. like we we, we got to do something different. Yeah. And and that's where I came in. I come in. I'm like, hey. Let's let's play. Let's get down. Why (laughs) would you know? And the thing is, is I never challenge in regards to why are you doing this? It's not the right way. Yeah. yeah. From a design thinking standpoint, Mm -hmm. I challenge it as why have we always done it this way? Are there better ways to do it? Yeah. Now let's get. Garrett's been through my office. It's nothing but whiteboards. Let's get on the uh, white walls. Let's get on the white walls and let's talk about how we can make this better and solve the problem. And when you open your doors to where everybody is collaborative and collective, that goes such a long way when you have that perspective. That's
1: invitational as opposed to suppressing somebody. Yeah, um, Because there's a charitable assumption in that, that the work has brought us to the point to be able to ask the question. Right. So it's like it's like the life of these solutions has run its course. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and so now we're looking at a point of departure where we can actually So where we're looking generate. at
2: we've always done it this way. So okay. that's yeah. fine. So why have we always done it this that's way? That's right. Now yeah. if it works, fine. It, yeah. Can we enhance it? Yeah. Okay. Now if we've always done it this way and it doesn't work, but we're continually to do it
1: because we've always done it this way. That's right. No, 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 no. Yeah, traditionalism is 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 the death the death nail. I mean, if you're just like, We've always done it this way. Yeah. And I'm comfortable with we've always done it this way. Yeah, that that is not dynamic. And and
2: imagine higher education, Mm -hmm. small liberal arts. You've got faculty there that have a million acronyms at the end of their name that have always done it this way. It's the way they've taught. This is the way that they've done things. Right. Uh, so you bring someone like me who's been in hire it early, then in corporate, then you know, yeah. And it's like, hey, I don't mind doing it this way, but yeah, let's get in, <laughs> yeah. You know, let's let's try some new things.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a very much an additive conversation. It's a generative conversation. It's when I I know that there's an increase. Like as I add to it, it's not just a it's not a one to one increase. Right? Yeah. yeah, these are these are exponential growths that happen. When, uh, you know, there are more thoughtful thinkers at the table Mm -hmm. pushing towards possibility, Um, you know, and that and that's, you know, like you said, with design thinking, is one of the things that like within my classroom, it's always a yes. And yeah, of course. Right. And it's not because every idea is good or right or whatever, Mm -hmm. but it's because it's just too easy to break everything down. Yeah. It's too easy to bust it up and just say no. Right. But it's real hard to look at something to contemplate, to reflect and say I don't know if I like anything about that idea, but if I do like something, it's
2: this, but what if we also... And what if we did this and what if we did that? And that's a whole different conversation. It is. I mean, when you come in with that personality and that perspective on a campus that doesn't think that way, it's inviting. People are actually Mm -hmm. uh, itching to do that. But they're so stuck in. We've always done it this way. I'm not going to upset the apple cart. You get someone like me coming from the creative world, and all we do is creatively solve problems. We challenge everything. And it's not whether we like it or not. It's like, and... This mm-hmm. is great. And this mm-hmm. is wonderful. And what about this? And it's like, it's a whole different conversation. The relationships you build on campus, the relationships you build with students and faculty and staff and business partners has a different dynamic when you open the conversation that way. Definitely, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's big. Definitely. That's big.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, so your stuff at Randolph-Macon, you've been doing that, you said what, 2017? You said,
2: yeah, 20, it it'll be, this Dang. is my third academic year. You're going into my third academic year.
0: Dang, man. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just remember like sitting in your office that first day and you tell me about it and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let's see what this is like. Yeah. And I saw all your notes all over the place. It was like, <laughs> you know, like, like that scene in a beautiful mind, it was just like stuff floating all over the room. Um, and, uh, it, it's been really fantastic to see what's been going on, yeah. but I think it's great. Also, you talk about a thing like career, uh, you know, career services, career development in mm-hmm. those places. I think what's interesting about adding a creative artistic mindset to that is that there's always the, uh, the assumed there's an assumed understanding that when you're helping somebody with career development, you don't actually know where they're headed. Right. Um, Which is, I think a place where an artistic creative mindset is actually really helpful because, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, imagining possibility. uh, Right. Also attempting, not assuming that you would be successful, but Mm -hmm. attempting and -hmm. accepting that failure is a, is an okay thing in the long run. Mm-hmm. I think all that's really helpful and really huge. Um, but do you ever like within that? Are you ever like, man, I just, I wish today I was just doing some graphic design.
2: Yeah, you know, there there are times that, and and you've been involved in the the rebranding of the 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 Edge program, mm-hmm. which is the program that we run at Randolph Making, um, and and that's how I got my creative fix to that is yeah. is rebranding that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's it's. True design, true um, um, narrative and storytelling, all mm-hmm. composed into that. But it also has pillars that we live off of, that we preach about, that we talk about, which is which is good. Uh, and and you know, I still dibble and dab into. I mean, we still got to do social media flyers, we still got to do things like that. So yeah. um, I, I pull in students there uh, to help with that. Uh, one of the current things I'm doing, and Gareth knows this uh, specifically, is creating a visual design communication program. Uh, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that we're missing at Randolph-Macon, uh, and that'll help with that graphic design fix. Cause I'll, of course, you know, lead the program and teach some courses here, but hire folks like you all to come in and, <laughs> and kind of adjunct and help with that. Uh, but it's something that our, that our students are asking for. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, yeah, yeah. they're wanting it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get knocks on my door all the time or email saying, Hey, we heard a rumor that you are going to start a graphic design program. How, how can I get involved <laughs> in it? That type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I do get that itch. And again, You know, as as creatives are, we're always moonlighting, we're always consulting. So uh, I had always been even when I stepped foot here, I was doing contract work and some freelance stuff for for individuals and companies and um, that kind of started to evolve um, as we. Uh, And my business partner, Baxton, led uh, the initiative to rename the Boulevard Arthur Ashe Boulevard. So everything you see from a visual standpoint, communication standpoint, narrative standpoint, Mm -hmm. all the events and things like that, we led that entire thing. And then that kind of kickstarted us in regards to, you know, Brown Baylor and getting us set up. Um, So, you know, for that fix, you know, of course, it was, you know, late nights, but I'm a night owl, so I don't mind being up late and doing some, some extra work. So that's kind of how I had that fixed. But, um, from a creative standpoint, I was still always challenged from a visual graphic mm. design standpoint. You know, I don't, I don't get into it as much, um, because I'm, you know, strategically thinking and solving the problems in yeah. that type of deal, but it feels good. We just met with, uh, a group that we're working with from a commercial realty standpoint. Um, and we, and I'm leading the project from a, you know, strategy standpoint, but I just kind of took the lead on the design. Mm -hmm. Um, and we presented some naming options for them and some strategies behind it. And these two gentlemen, they were just like, you guys are earning your money. (laughs) This shit is legit. (laughs) Like we didn't know what to expect. I mean, they're, they're good friends with my business partner, Baxton. So they trusted his design integrity. Yeah. But they didn't know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a yeah. come here and not a from here, right? Yeah. And so they didn't know much about me other than our initial engagement. And we all kicked it off. It was great. But they just didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And I'm pretty particular in you know, perfection, how you look, how you present, yeah. how everything all – because it, it all has brand awareness and brand intention around it and how people perceive you. And so everything – Always has to be buttoned up and looks good. And so, and you know, as designers, as we, we have three options and we'll say, oh, they're in no particular order. <laughs> but if we do have a preference, we'll lean heavily on their preference. Oh yeah. And a lot of times it's n- depending on how strong it is, because I've used my favorite as the first one and then showed the others. But sometimes I don't because I like to build up Yeah. and be like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is better. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is amazing. And so we start out with the first one, and they loved it. Mm. And I'm like, dude, this is—you ain't even seen nothing yet. You wait. <laughs> and you know, we get down to the next one, and they were just like, "Are you kidding me? Like this is unbelievable." Um, and so, still being in that creative world and, and mm. having those those big wins like that are 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 it it actually lets you know that all the education, all the work, all the commitment, all the passion for art and design um, really pays off. And, and, yeah. and we bring our clients through our process so that they know that not everybody can do what you do.
1: Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, this is legit. I would have never been able to do this. And that's why, uh, we, we, we come to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing,
2: man.
0: Yeah. It's, um, yeah. I mean, uh, in the classes I teach, we always talk about, uh, strategy and creative. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I mean, I, I think we're all kind of, uh, we all have a bent to kind of give ourselves a pass in some ways, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm just filling the blank. Yeah. Right. And so um, I have students a lot that are just like, well, I, you know, I'm just I'm just dumb when it comes to all this stuff. Yeah. And I was like, no, I, I just think you haven't been exposed to it as right. much. I was like, but what you're going to find is like if you, even if you just have a smidge of strategy that you throw on with some mm-hmm. stuff, I think you're going to, you're going to be amazed at how your your world kind of opens up mentally to right. the work you do. Right. It'll give you a new avenue to think about things. I was like, but also, you know, as a graphic designer, especially like I never wanted to be seen just like a pixel pusher. Right. I never wanted to be just like the production person. Right. In a cubicle somewhere. Yep. I'll do that work. I've done that work. Of course. Of course. (laughs) But you know, when it comes down to it, like I think like you were saying earlier, one of the things that we really bring to the table a lot as creative folks is we do because of the work we do and the nature of it and Mm -hmm. and how it happens, we have, uh, we just have a little bit of a different way of thinking about things, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that that's something that um, we always need a bit more of, if I'm going to mm-hmm. be a little biased, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, you know. And you know, and then the further question is, is how do we get that in front of the the, the CEOs? How do we get that mm-hmm. in front of the major. Uh, decision makers within an organization mm-hmm. of a cre- as creative being a part of the business solution.
0: Well, and then even, I think I'd push that even further, Don Trees, and i say, how do we get that in front of like the civic leaders right. and things like that? Right. You know, uh, especially guess, with like yeah. your you yeah. talk about like Arthur Ashe and the other stuff you've been doing, and the yeah, yeah, what you're what you're talking about, Brown Baylor moving over. I mean, like all of this sort of stuff, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we we've talked a lot in the last twenty years about how do we get design mm-hmm. as a way of thinking and creative as as an important thing in front of businesses. Mm-hmm. But I think it's you know, I mean, even more imperative. How do we get it in front of people that right. are actually like pushing the paper in the city? Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like how does that happen, and what does that look like? Yeah, so. Yeah one thing that Ryan has always said is, you know, the arts are pervasive, but they're not ultimate. Yeah. Like, we understand it. And so how do we make sure that within, within all the spheres, they're actually being considered as a pervasive thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you
1: understand it as pervasive, if you accept the premise that, like, I, my cheeky statement is that, the, that you know, I tell, you know, parents, se- skeptics things. I say, like, look, you show me something that is not affected or shaped by art and design in your life. Right. And yeah, so right. from the plate you eat off, from the cup you drink out of, it the clothes matter. you wear, you keep showing me. And I tell them, like... If you follow the logic and you try to find it, you'll be naked in the desert. Yeah. Yeah, And even in the desert, they're still trying to do Burning Man. Like They're still trying to bring bring it out to the desert. But it's to say that that, that's part and parcel to a giant percentage of what we do. Mm -hmm. And so uh, pragmatism and instrumentalism Mm -hmm. um, are beneficial tools or ways of thinking about things. Yeah. But only because there is an abundance to the world we find ourselves Mm -hmm, in that mm -hmm. allows us to work with it, Mm -hmm. and so, um, and so it doesn't have to be like at the pinnacle. But when it's understood as pervasive, it activates people's awareness. Like, oh yeah, like like teaching students typeface uh, means that I can read uh, the check I just received with coherence to know that I'm getting paid this much from mm-hmm. this organization. Like mm-hmm. we just take that for granted. Yeah. yeah but yeah. The legibility of something right. uh, comes from somewhere. Right. Right? right. 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 And we just, we don't connect it. But when we do, um, then it changes the way you see the reasoning for right. inviting someone like yourself into the equation and saying like, we actually need someone that has the field of vision to see that. Right. Because the value is there. We can't deny it. Right. Although right. the culture does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the culture, yeah, yeah. the culture no. uh, is, is sup- suppresses this. And, um, you know, we've tried to push against elitism a little bit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. while not violating the depth or quality that's there. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, Hey, this is an invitation for you to have a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. We're not going to water things down, but you're welcome. I, you know, I'm I'm shoulder to shoulder with you. Let's, let's have a conversation and see how this kicks off. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to see that happen at the civic level more than just. And I want to get into the Arthur Ashe uh, Mm -hmm. stuff because I think that's a that's an incredible example of Mm -hmm. something um, uh, good. Um, But sometimes it feels decorative. Yeah, it just just historically talking about it, right? It's like you get decorative lip service to something. Yeah, um, and you're like that that art and design has more power than that. Yes, transformational power to it. You know, yeah, Yeah. it's 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 almost like you can think
0: of. Maybe you've been down a a stretch of street where it's a beautiful street. Mm -hmm. There's uh, amazing, like, you know, fixtures and plantings and things like that. But as a traffic pattern, it doesn't work at all. Right, right, right. You know, where they're like, oh, we we made a garbage traffic pattern look nice. Hopefully you won't think about the fact that we didn't have the intentionality. It it was aesthetics
1: over design. You're like. Those should be together, right? They right, definitely right. should be. Yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I
0: think you know, with that, Don Trees, like, what was your, what was your experience? Like, what kind of things did you learn? How did you step into that engagement yeah. with the civic side? Yeah, of yeah things yeah. With design.
2: Yeah, and, that, and that's a great question. And I know you mentioned something earlier in the intro as an activist, and I struggle with that because you know today I'm wearing my, my my John Lewis uh, a shirt, um, limited edition brown Baylor. I put a plug in there, twenty five <laughs> bucks. Um, <laughs> And I don't, I don't consider, he's an activist. Yeah. Like, like, come on. Like, you know, so I feel like I may be a, a, I don't know, a a social instigate, social justice instigator. Like I want to, I I want my work to do good to the communities that I'm in. And hopefully that translates into nation globally type deal. Yeah. and so it was an interesting story. So my partner, Baxton Baylor, is really good friends with, uh, he grew up with David Harris, who is mm-hmm. Arthur Ashe's nephew. Nice. And um, I had not met David yet, and Bax came to me, and see, I think we started a year ago, maybe sometime early August. Yeah, maybe early August. Uh, he came to me and said, hey, I got one of my friends um, is a nephew of Arthur Ashe, and he came to me about making T-shirts, so basically, David wanted to make some T-shirts that said, "Hey, we want to rename the Boulevard Arthur Ashe Boulevard." Yeah. And so Baxton was told him, "It's like, no, no, this is bigger than T-shirts. <laughs> we gotta bring in, we gotta bring in Don Trace because this is right up, right up his alley." So you know, Bax called me and I was like, Arthur Ashe. I did my graduate thesis. He was part of my graduate thesis. Wow. Um, and and so. Um, I said, sure. I'll, I'll have. Uh, this is right up my alley. It, 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 let, let's chat. So we met at, uh, at an office, and and it was probably like I'm telling you, man. It was probably like a Thursday, I think, maybe a Wednesday or Thursday. And um, I said, give me. I said, I, I think you know. He explained what he wanted, and I said, I think it's more than just t-shirts. We we really gotta. We really gotta. Um, one of the things I was passionate about is, and you'll see uh, one of our shirts that says, "Own your story," mm-hmm. is is throughout all of African-American history, everybody's told our story. Mm-hmm. And everybody that's told our story has been white. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. No one knows the true story of our African-American history better than we do. Mm-hmm. And so I said, if we're going to do this, we have to own our narrative. We have to own our story. And, uh, he was like, he didn't know me from anybody. Again, Baxton is like his conduit of just making these Richmond born and raised, just meeting people and things like that. And so it was like a Wednesday or Thursday. I was like, you know, let me, let me think about some things and scratch some ideas out. And I had actually had one of my men's group, a meeting that Friday. And then Thursday I was just, you know, working on some ideas and came up with this brand, Mm -hmm. uh, quick. And I shared it with the folks that, you know, as we were having cocktails and I said, I'm working on this project that, you know, could be something pretty big. And I showed them the logo and what it meant. And they were just like, holy shit, that's great. Mm-hmm. And so I flip it around and then I hit up with Baxson and then we meet with David again. And I said, all right, here's kind of, and literally within the, uh, a few days, you know, Baxton and I had came up with a brand, mm-hmm. a color palette. Uh, a narrative around it that supported it mm-hmm. and a strategy on how we were going to unleash this thing. And so we started in September actually putting things down. And we were literally in my dining room. We would meet in my dining room every Wednesday night. And I took down all the pictures on the wall and I put up nothing but post-it sheets all around the office, all around well, well the dining room, which is the office. And we would sketch out all of that stuff. I didn't know how far it would go. In terms of being in in this you know political civil you know uh, a journey, but as I started to get more and more involved in it, you know when we started to sit in front of city council, when we started having those open forums, mm-hmm. I started to realize the impact yeah. that creative had. And one of the things is when we did the first public open public hearing. It was at uh, the VMFA, mm-hmm. and Baxson and I put together uh, this wonderful presentation. I mean, typography, back to your point, was on point. I mean, it filled up the whole screen. The, the, everything was legit. And so people would come up, and they would say great stuff about, yeah, this is the thing to do. And then mm-hmm. folks would come up and say, No. This is bullcrap. This is da-da-da. And nothing but hidden racism in our city. Yeah. yeah. And, and it wasn't becoming so hidden anymore. It was becoming a, more of the forefront because the reasons why they didn't want the boulevard changed didn't really make any sense. Uh, and so some of the comments after that first session was... You know, where are they getting all this money? You could just tell they had some creative agency go out. They had a logo. They had this and this and this. And Bax and I said, "Banks said, hell yeah.
1: yeah. Because, yeah.
2: you know, again, perception is everything. If you look like you know what you're doing, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's how I am about it. So when we saw that, when we started reading about, man, they've already got some agency. They had to have some agency do that. They had all this stuff we knew how important creative was. And so as that story went on, when we started sitting with Mayor Stoney and his team, mm-hmm. once the, the actual vote went over, Mayor Stoney looks at us and he says, okay, so how are you going to pull this off? Like, what are you going to do now? Mm-hmm. How are you going to make this happen? Yep. And so we went back and we, we, we all sat in my dining room and we were like, we want a social justice forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want something around Bird Park, a tennis tournament. Uh, we want a celebration at River City Roll. Uh, and we want an unveiling. We don't know where yet. And that's when we partnered with the VMHC. And they said, hey, use our lawn. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're, I mean, I'm sitting with city council members. I'm sitting with the mayor. And they're looking at us saying, what do you want to do? Wow. You tell us what you want to do. And I'm like, (laughs) so (laughs) I remember the first presentation that we did with this proposal and Mayor Stoney said, um, and his chief of staff at the time, uh, uh, Selena, they were like, you shoot for the moon yeah, and then we'll figure out how it's going to work. Yep. Right. And, uh, they said, David, you make sure you get what you want out of this in regards to how it represents the family, how it represents the community. And so I remember sitting there and I had everything hooked up. You know, I'm all, everything has to be perfect. You know, I got the remote. I got everything. All. I made sure it was connected. It's it formatted correctly. And I go through the presentation in front of, I don't know, 20 people, uh, executive uh, you know, leaders within the city. And they were just like, this is freaking awesome. <laughs> like, this is Unbelievable. And we said, that's what we, and so Baxson and I used this project as the launch of Brown Baylor. So everything gotcha. that you saw was by Brown Baylor, Brown Baylor this, Brown Baylor that, yeah, outside genius. of David Harris and his family's yep. right. important role in it. All of the strategy, all that stuff came from us. Um, and then, you know, everyone was like, oh yeah, this is great, blah, blah, blah. So we don't have any money.
1: <laughs> there you go. It always comes back to that. It's like, I'm laughing. I'm not laughing <laughs> yeah. because it, it, this it, it's a funny
2: story.
0: I'm laughing because I'm like, how many dozens of times have I heard that? I love what you've done. Oh,
2: this is amazing.
0: But, uh, you know, the value is huge. Yeah. But the value that we're but, able uh, willing to pay But we don't have is, any money. No.
2: So my job was fundraising. Yeah. Um, and ironically, I fell into fundraising as part of my job at Randolph-Macon. Yeah, yeah. Leading the Edge Career Development Center yeah. is going out to alum and business partners and having them mm-hmm. contribute. Um and uh, so I was kind of familiar with that. But, you know, I had a lot of great relationships with Dominion, Capital One, mm-hmm. Altria, Genworth, all those big organizations. Yep. I had I had really good connections with those individuals. Yeah. And uh, so the first group I went to was Dominion because they helped support me in the initiative of Crystal Ray Richmond High School, which is down in the old Benedictine building. Uh, they were the ones that jumped on board with that. And so I went to them and I presented to them. And they said the same thing. This is amazing. This is awesome. And I had no idea of budget. I I didn't have any idea how much money that I needed. Um, and so the first time I went to them, they loved the idea and they, you know, they were just kind of like, oh, this is great. We're involved. We'll we'll do this. And one of the good friends, his name is Paul and Cheatham. He's in charge of their philanthropy and uh, he's a really good friend. And, uh, as we're walking out, he pulls me to the side and he says, literally, he says, if you want money, tell us what you want. Mm. And it's not saying that they would give it to us, but they need to know a number.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah, changed
2: yeah, yeah. the whole ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like, holy cow. He goes, if you want us to be the lead sponsor, tell us you want us to be the lead sponsor. Mm. If you want somebody else to be the lead sponsor, tell us. And they were looking at the creative deck, that proposal deck, and was like, holy shit, this is legit. Mm-hmm. So after that, I went back, and I started to identify, da da, da. So I estimated about $150,000, $175,000 is going to cost to pull this whole thing off. Mm-hmm. And then so a couple of days later, I called up Paul, and I was like, yeah, I want you guys to be the title sponsor. And the title sponsor is 50 grand. Mm-hmm. Bet. Luckily we have it. Wow. Here you go. What? Yeah. You gotta you gotta compose yourself. <laughs> what? Yeah. And, you're like, and yeah, so then that. what I did is I went to all tree. <laughs> I went to Capital One. I say, well, uh, uh, Dominion's already title sponsor at 50 grand. Yeah. Uh, but we have a co-sponsor at 25 grand. Mm-hmm. At you know, and then they did da da. And it was amazing how the 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 money just started rolling mm, in.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. Um and then for us, we we didn't know how much of an impact it would make as until we started to see the energy that people started feeding off. Everybody wanted to ask shirts. Mm-hmm. Everybody was we're on the news. We're on the radio. We're yeah. doing I mean it, we're doing podcasts, and mm-hmm. it was like holy
1: cow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
2: so then I started you know of course with the high school, and then this that's when I started to feel like now my creative work is mm-hmm. actually doing something that makes impact into the community that I live in. Yeah, And that's ultimately all I want to do is make sure that my work is doing something that inspires our community to do better. Yep. Um, and you remember the day when we had the unveiling. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a three-day freaking celebration. Yeah, we had yeah. John Lewis come in and yeah, speak. Yeah. I mean, it was mm. amazing. You had snipers on the building. <laughs> you had helicopters. You had CNN yeah. and everything. But the energy in our city... And how we came together, mm-hmm. based on sitting in our my dining room. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thinking about <clears> this is what we want, and and here's what I and one of the things I told the team because I'm always like, put it in the universe, just mm-hmm. get it out in the yeah, universe. I, I said, uh, this is going to be historical. We're going to make history, and that's where we got our tagline from. Is basically that. So I called up one of my buddies who's a photographer. He's actually a local architect, but he's a, a writer and a photographer. His name is Michael Way. He did all of the shots for that. He shot mm-hmm. the last boot camp as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, I just want you to come into my dining room and just start taking pictures. I don't care what it is, because mm-hmm. this is historical. We're gonna look back. We're gonna look back yeah. at this years from now. Yep. And then all of the meetings that we had with the city, he came in. City count, City Hall with Mayor Stoney, everybody taking pictures, all in the background, just taking pictures every time we had a meeting. And I said, this is going to be something impactful and we don't want to forget it. Mm-hmm. And we're, this is, I mean, it, because you have to put that vision out there. Yep. Yeah so that people can see where you want to go and then make sure they stayed a course. Mm-hmm. And, and it was when we were sitting on the lawn, it was hot as crap, but it was the most beautiful day. The energy in the city was amazing. Mm-hmm. Everybody felt like that they were a part of this mm-hmm. because we included them as much as we could. And one of the things, I do not you guys may not remember this, but as uh, the president of the VMHC, Jamie Boskett, As he was up there after everything was unveiled, um, we didn't plan this. We were supposed to have someone else come up and wrap the meeting up. But once he was done with his last thing, it felt like it was over. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the audience went up those stairs Mm -hmm. into the VMHC. And remember before it was the VMHC, it was Mm -hmm. the... um, I forget the name of it, but it was a a, a civil war remember uh, um building that had a lot of negative attention, and they tried to change the name of it to be more inclusive, that type of deal. Um, and so, Jamie's big deal was he wanted to make sure that people understood how open they were to in, uh, diversity and inclusion and that type of deal. And so, it was so crazy, like it was almost like the barrier, the flood wall broke. Mm because everybody just felt so empowered and so excited about what just happened that they just rushed the stages. They saw the sign, they walked into the museum that they would never been a part of. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so when we, 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 we look at that as like, you know, when you think of Brown Baylor and what we do, that's the ideal project. I mean, if we can do projects like that, the rest of our lives, we would love it. Um, And but we're all about making history, you know, by curating experiences that matter. And that was an experience that mattered to our city and state. Uh, And so I do feel like I'm I'm at the very bottom level of social instigator, social justice instigator. (laughs) I would never consider myself an activist. I'm a huge Muhammad Ali fan Mm -hmm. and and. You know, the things that he's done for our country and and having John Lewis stand up there and talk about, you know,
1: get into good trouble, necessary trouble, but you got to get into trouble is just, is just awesome. Yeah, it definitely sounds, it makes me think of of just like that kind of catalytic person. Yeah. You know, you catalyze something and sometimes you kind of disappear a little bit, you know, that there's other people that run with what's catalyzed. Yeah. You know what I mean? so at the level of functionality or cause effect, like you're at a, a very, necessary point yeah, yeah playing yeah. a vital role in the the makeup of something that no that no question's change. No question. You
2: know? I mean and, and and years down the road. Uh-huh. I mean hundreds of years down the road when folks come to the city and they talk about Arthur Ashe Boulevard uh-huh. Our names are going to be on yeah, that forever. thing. Yeah. Our names are going to be there. Yeah. And you talk yeah. about building legacies yeah. of 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 empowerment mm-hmm. and and and, uh, and inclusivity and 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 just coming together as a, as a, as a city and state. Uh. And that's one of the things we really thought hard on because it was a year to the day in June, uh, when all the social unrest was happening here, and we were thinking, you know, we started talking in January, like, what are we going to do as a you know and a celebration for a year. And then COVID-19 hit, and it was like, well, we can't do anything. Yeah. And then yeah. all the social unrest started to come about, and, and and I was talking to the team, and I was like, you know what? We just need to remind everybody what we did a year ago. Mm. Yeah. Look at the amazing things that we did a year ago as we came together, mm-hmm. you know? And that was an yeah. important thing. We came together to do this. hmm and so we, we we dropped the ball on it because we didn't continue to pick it up and run with it. But we were just going to just do a, a social media blitz of hey, remember what we did last year? Right. Let's take that energy from last year yep. and put it into play now, mm. because now all this stuff is silent right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, everything is kind of silent. We, we, statues are coming down. Yeah, all that type of stuff and every. So, what are we actually
1: going to do next? Yeah, one thing I like. I guess this is just my brain's just heavy on gardening metaphors always, but the seeds go into the ground and do significant work, but some of that work isn't seen for a moment right. until it breaks ground. Right, right, and right. I feel like what you're talking about with Arthur Ashe is that, that project uh, had its initial planting, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 And so even if, even if you, you, you know, you, you feel like you drop dropped the ball or had, had, just hadn't picked it back up, I feel like it's the seed that's in the ground mm-hmm. that has this uh, period of time to break ground afresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, especially in light of what's transpiring, yeah. so there's some kind of almost providential mm-hmm. aspect to the timing of things, yeah you know I think about that, I think about the rumors of war uh, yeah all yeah, of yeah, this yeah, is yeah, yeah, like absolutely. there's there's some there was like a uh, uh, a kind of potent momentum mm-hmm. that uh anticipated mm-hmm. what we're what we're seeing right now, yeah, yeah, and yeah that that is I had a conversation with someone yesterday they were uh, they're living in a different state, and they're going to be doing work here uh um, with someone that's coming from Houston to do, to take on a major role at Virginia union. And so anyhow, all this amazing possibility there. Mm-hmm. So we're kicking it off and they're, they're talking about like, you know, uh, just for a certain kind of demo mm-hmm. tear down, mm-hmm. but also raising questions like, but what's built next? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. that's a, that's just an, you know, an interesting.
2: Yeah. And that's what we don't want to lose sight of. Right. We don't want to lose sight. Like, you know, okay, let's celebrate that the statues mm-hmm. are down. Yeah. All right. That's, phenomenal. Yeah. You know, and, and our youth, what they're doing, yeah, is amazing. Like just the fact that they have no fear. Yeah. I mean, it was so programmed to us that we would you're never supposed to touch those statues. <laughs> you're never supposed to do anything for right. those statues. Yeah. These son of a guns, <laughs> man, they are tagging it. They got yeah. basketball hoops. They're dancing all over it. Yeah. And it's like it's just a freaking statue. Yeah. Right. And so the mentality of oppression that was built upon us as African-Americans and black people like coming through, like, you're not supposed to touch this. And this is what this means. No, we can touch. <laughs> we yeah. can we can actually take that down. Yeah. And so I want to make <clears throat> sure that we're using that energy to continue the conversation and then put things in action. Yep. You know, yeah. Minnesota, well, they 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 took away the. What is the the the, the chokehold? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 all right, that's fine. Yeah, but let's look at how you're recruiting your your cops. Okay, what's the what's the systemic issues that we need to deal with? You know, stop worrying about all the surface stuff that you can actually take a statue down and change the law on this and change the rule in that. Let's go back to Capital One and say, hey, thanks for the money you gave for, you know, social justice. But how is your leadership changing on your board? How how is your executive leadership respecting and, and representing diverse individuals there? Yeah. Same thing with Altria and Dominion, those types of things, because. Until we get that changed, the message that filters down is not going to be a diverse message.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a long, I mean, it's a long way to go still. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is. And
2: I, I, you know, I know, you know, we're, we're we're talking about, you know, creative, but look at where creative has put us into that civil world, into that political world. You mm-hmm. know, how are we, you know, using that to actually yep. impact change? And there's a lot of folks in our city that are doing some phenomenal things. Don't get me wrong. There are some folks that are grinding it out. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But let's not let it stop now because now the conversation is switched now. COVID-19 is back on top, mm-hmm. Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now the focus is, you know, the increased numbers and things like that. And all the stuff that took the headlines three, four weeks ago yeah. is just kind of, sh- yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we just can't, we can't let that happen because a year from now, six months from now, yeah. something else is going to happen. And we got to deal with that.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the, I mean, not to soapbox too hard, but, I was having this conversation yesterday. I was saying that you know, so I grew up in Southern California, and um, I mean, so what's we, so I was talking to a neighbor of mine, African American guy, we're friends. Said he, you know, f- what I didn't know about Richmond before I came to Richmond is I grew up in Southern California, mm-hmm. so for for me, gangs were a very like my my stepdad was in, in gangs, like gangs were a thing. So like you identify that like the way people signal to each other. Like mm-hmm. if you're a blood, you're a crip, if you're tortilla flats, like whatever you are, yeah. it's visible. And so the racism was there, but in a, di- a different yeah. kind of flavor, yeah. right? It's marinated yeah. differently too. And there's other things to contend with as well. And so growing up, um, you know, it's like for me, it's like, um, you know, like, like uh, I've always said like, you know, there's, there's stuff like uh, uh, high school kids you went to school with, white and black,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, hung both at the back of cars in retaliation of each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, had I was on a, a list, uh, what's called the N lover list. Mm-hmm. And so I had a gun pulled on me on April Fools in high school because I had a black girlfriend and I was a part of, right? So like, like you know, just friends, I mean, all kinds of stuff, man, the violence, like mm-hmm. the suppression, like it was just pervasive and enduring, Yeah. right? And so the thing that uh, that I think what I'm trying to get at is like that's just been happening, Mm -hmm. as you know, Mm -hmm. right. And what frustrates me is the way the narrative controls when to turn the burner on, right. And so you're like, I think to your point, and the thing that I feel is like we need enduring, right. This stuff is like you have to have enduring. You do not just flashpoints. Yeah, although flashpoints are important. They're great, right? They galvanize. They, but you got to have enduring hands to the ground to make, to yeah. affect real change. Yeah, yeah. And I think part of the thing that I've been wrestling with is um, we've, we've, we're have coming out of a, a, a cultural moment, and I mean like 20 last 20 years, mm-hmm. that put a lot of primacy on living in the moment. Mm-hmm. And what, what that's done is that's created people that I think are more uh, hyper aware in the moment, mm-hmm. and it creates a certain kind of uh, uh, high definition possibility as far as things that can happen, mm-hmm. things that are being mm-hmm. done but what's lost in that is enduring memory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and and so not just in terms of the oppressive things but also the work that has been mm-hmm, done mm-hmm. so that you're not re- you're not redundantly working mm-hmm. but you're you're building off of. Right. And right. I think I think my fear is when when uh maybe the media controls the narrative then um and there's a short-sighted memory. Yep. We end up sort of hamster wheeling. Yeah. as opposed to to real momentum yeah, building, getting builder you Hampshire. I mean, hamps well. I, mean yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that I, I it's like I've been wrestling with how to communicate yeah. this especially as a white a white guy like you know if yeah. someone looks at me you you're not going to get yeah, like yeah. my personal story or the yeah. way in which I was raised or my personal experiences are not going to bleed through especially you not know, at this point like I you know I I wanted to be you know I, I dressed a different way when I was yeah. young man I, mean, yeah, I was yeah. I was all the way in <laughs> all the way in <laughs> talk I mean I was a. I mean I was just where I was at man yeah. I mean I was just yeah. where I was at But, um, and so my heart is for this kind of like for this work has always been for this work. I mean, it's been my whole, whole life in some ways. And Gareth and I, you know, talk about all the time, like, um, and that's the one thing even as an instructor that we've both talked about is like, there's just a lack of memory. There's, there's great energy, like Mm -hmm, you're saying. mm -hmm. So there's all this wielding power, but then there's like, but we got, we got to, we got to keep it going. We got to keep it going. And we got to know, like, we got to know that, um, um, we don't want to repeat the right. same problems, right? And there is yeah. some good legacy. There is mm-hmm. some legacy, man. Mm-hmm. Like we, we don't want to violate the legacy of those that have come behind us to do this great work, mm-hmm. because what you're doing is you're you're predetermining that your legacy won't last either, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know. That's just a, a component to this yeah. that I've been thinking about, yeah, yeah. Because the 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 bed layers need to be uh, thoroughgoing mm-hmm. and enduring.
2: Yeah. And and what I think is happening, I mean, imagine where we started the conversation off and and where we are. And I think what's what's happening in today's world is we are actually having these conversations. That's right. Uh, And I think that's the most important thing is to have these conversations. I Mm -hmm. don't feel any issue if I went to Gareth and said, hey, I want to we need to talk about this, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. and, And I think, you know being open and, and empathetic and compassionate and trusting to have a true conversation to learn about what you can do better or how we can co- collectively work better together is huge. Yeah. And, you know, I had some, some some friends, you know, some white friends call me during the pandemic, not the pandemic, but during the, the George Floyd and all the social unrest. And some called me right as it was happening. Some didn't call until a week, two weeks, three weeks. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is I, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and what can I, what advice can you give to me? Mm-hmm. And the first thing I would tell them is what you're doing now. Yeah, The fact that you call yeah. means so much. Yeah, Now let's, you know, start talking about some of these things because a lot of folks were hesitant on reaching out because they didn't know what to say and they didn't know what to do. So I just kind of stepped off and I was mm-hmm. like, just call just call your brothers and your yeah, sisters yeah. and just check in on them because yeah. then that goes into a situation of okay Here's how you can you can yeah. you can help us with yeah. this. So I think we're on the right track. I think the energy is there. I just don't want that energy to die. To die away. I don't want That's it right. to be a flash in the pan and yeah. everything yeah. is great. The statues are taken down. Yep. Richmond's feeling good about that, but we don't take it any step further. Yeah, I
1: loved. Right. It. I mean, I, I'm eager for a re envisioning of Monument Avenue. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. even know. That, you know, yeah. the thing
2: is, is what did I see? Was it Miss Was it Mississippi that had the uh, the changing of the flag yep. and then they yep. they. Reached out, this is where creative comes in. They they open up the 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 floor to creatives to submit ideas. Of the new flag, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. And some of them are so legit; yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, that's dope. And so, if you think about a call to action, mm-hmm. an yep. open call to action of your idea mm-hmm. of what this new boulevard, what this new monument app could look like, yep. yeah, yeah, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the creative talent we have here in Richmond, yeah. all the entrepreneurs, all the smart, innovative folks we have yep. here in this town that want to do something great.
1: Come on, man. That's the thing, though. i just. This is just me. It has to be great, though. My only yes. fear is, is that it can end up being the opposite because you're back to the point about how do we get the, the folks that have the, the, the dollars mm-hmm. to sign on to something that maybe is more challenging visually or, or excellent and yeah. maybe supersedes their realm of comfort. Because mm-hmm. sometimes with public art, it, so my whole thing is like public art should be the best art.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: and it should challenge educate, inspire, enrich, and anticipate it should mm-hmm. lead the charge. Sometimes what I feel like happens is it's it's the most banal mm-hmm. because there was too many uh, cons- there's too many constituencies to to mm-hmm. satisfy, mm-hmm. so it becomes bare minimum. Mm-hmm. My fear is that's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, please yeah. don't let that happen. Like, yeah. Yeah. can we, can we, because, I mean, Richmond, Richmond has a chance. I mean, the soil.
2: No, yeah, that's, that's a good point. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I, yeah, so yeah. it's
1: like in these conversations, man, I, I'm just, I, I, I want, because I believe what you believe. It's yeah. like, man, I've been here, like this place, it, it can, we should, we should, we should be killing it. Yeah. And we can, I think we can. It's a question of if we're let yeah. if we're allowed to yeah, do yeah. it. If we're yeah. allowed to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the power I'm, brokers will allow us to be power brokers. No doubt.
2: I remember when I first moved here, the first thing that, that anybody moving to a new city would do is go downtown to their city and see what it's like. So yeah. being a creative and an artist, I'm looking for great stuff. Yep. And I walk downtown and there's just shit boarded up. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is happening? What's going on, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, we could, I think we can bring it back, man. I think yeah. this is a great opportunity. Yeah. You know, you got a lot of our leaders that are getting older, that are, you know, things are filtering mm-hmm. down to their to their next generation yep. who has a different perspective on things. Um, and you, you got some, you know, yeah. I, I just feel we're at a great, I think we're at a great turning point to where if we're really going to do mm-hmm. What Richmond? If we're really going to be what Richmond wants to be, what we say
1: we want Richmond to be, yeah. Here's the opportunity. Yeah, to here's do the opportunity. Right now, yeah, we can. Yeah, I remember we we moved to Richmond from California, and I grew up like around Venice Beach, and it's pretty. I mean, it's pretty yeah. diversified, man. It's, yeah. it, in the eighties, it was it was wild, wild, wild. I mean, this is back. <laughs> like Whoopi Goldberg was doing comedy before anybody knew who. Like, yeah. I mean, it was a different. I mean, I'm just saying. So you so you come to um, so that my wife and I were in Sacramento. Um, which has some parallels to Richmond as far as just aspirational size. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Town, city, you know. So we we come here I, like blind faith. Like I got a number one public art school I in the country, know, my MFA. So I'm like, okay, I did my MA. I, got, I was like, I'm going to go to Richmond. The work that's coming out of this department looks really good. I feel like this is a home for me. Yeah. And so we just drive, man. We get here. And uh, we pull in, and my wife just starts crying. You're like what we, the hell? Where did? <laughs> where in the world? And so then I'm walking, and I'm like, I'm like, and I grew up in some intense environments, man. So I'm like, I've never, you know, I've never seen like a burnt out home and someone selling an apartment for a million dollars, like. <laughs>
2: Next, yeah, to, each next other. to each other, yeah, yeah, yeah. and
1: then you're seeing the you're seeing it like the first day, man. I'm seeing the racial tension mm-hmm. just on the sidewalk, yeah, yeah just yeah. people walking, the way they walk by each other, and I'm like, where where <laughs> yeah. are we? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. and I'm, I'm my mind starts to process history, and I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, the roots here are, they weren't cut off and replanted like they yeah. were in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The roots are deep. Yeah. Um, and then and then they then the school takes me to Monument. Monument Boulevard. They're yeah. like they they they're like, Yeah, we'll give you a tour of the city. And they go, Yeah, this is our our hallmark is Monument, Monument I know. Boulevard. And I'm I driving know. and I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, Where are we? Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. what <laughs> like bizarre man. Yeah, and that was yeah, in two thousand seven. Yeah. yeah. So then so the cool thing was to your point, is like you're seeing spots that I mean Carytown is just like yeah. decimated, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, man, you start seeing, oh, Somebody people are doing work here. Yeah, this yeah. isn't this doesn't have to stay this way. Right, right, and right. And so over that, de- you know, 13 years now, which is crazy to me. Like um, I mean we fell in love with the city, yeah. meaning the people. Yeah, yeah And we're yeah. like we're committed to being here. Yeah,
2: and well, what can we do to change it? Totally. What can we do to get it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, to to where yeah. we wanted it to go. And that's so, and that's what's great when we we've got our generation that are that is really looking to do things. You got the younger generation that is actually saying no. We're not gonna be bound by these rules, yep. you know. What can we do collectively, and yep. how do we get that message out? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, from a creative standpoint, right? Um, to really start to galvanize and energize our, our our communities to actually start, you know, doing some things. Um, it's exciting, you know. It's it's sad that things like COVID nineteen and you know all the police brutality and all the yeah. social unrest yeah. is is on forefront, but. The silver lining, if there's any silver lining in the pandemic, it's that folks had to sit there and they had to eat it. Yeah, that's interesting. They had to sit there. They couldn't say, oh, I knew nothing about this. Oh, that stuff never happened or whatever the case may be. You had to sit there and watch it.
1: That's a great and point. And
2: deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Because you couldn't go anywhere else. That's all you had. <laughs> that's right. And right. so now that it's out there, what are we collectively going to try to do? To change Yeah, it?
0: that's big, man. Yeah, you know. and it's—I mean, you know—and and I think that it kind of circling back to a point we talked about earlier. You know, um, I think most of us, I think we, we have similar mindsets mm-hmm. in terms of like our our desire to like get out there and mix it up and stuff. Um, it's like now's the time where you want people who are just not going to just be the talkers.
2: Yeah, you know, but of you course, people to, like you yeah. said,
0: throw it out there. Yeah, get yeah, it yeah. out there, and like, hey, maybe it's not the best. Maybe it's not the the thing that's going to endure the most. Right, but but we all need to be out there generating this stuff. Like right, if. I mean, I'm a freaking broken record with this man, but that Oliver Jackson quote, if you're not making, you're not an artist. Yeah, You know, yeah, you yeah. got to be doing you yeah. yeah, be yeah. Stuff, yeah, you yeah. Know? And it doesn't have to be huge. You know, I feel like we, you know, uh, we kind of all, we're all on the tail end or the the front part of it, I guess. Um, you know, growing up, you folks now, they're just seeing folks who have like this meteoric success with things, right? Mm-hmm. And they're judging, they have a, a completely different set of metrics for success mm-hmm. than I think, you know, time will tell our, Horrible metrics for success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it seems like if I can't do the biggest, most monumental thing, I just won't. Right, right, so right, right. So until right. I yeah. get to that, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to jump it. off. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. We, no, can't, we, yeah, can't, we, can't, we can't underestimate the tiny things we that can't. add up to tidal waves. You're right? absolutely like, right. It, like I mean, that ocean's made of drops of water. You and are so absolutely right. Those things, the drops of water don't do a whole lot. Unless it's overspent, massive amounts mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. But the water drops together can do amazing things very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we can actually pull that stuff, that's together. why I
1: love your story, man. Your story is is uh, the yeah. continuity to the point of this project. Mm-hmm. That's not discontinuous, right? That right. That right. is like incubated, cultivated. Mm-hmm. There's a thorough line from the aspirations you had as a kid, like yeah, all yeah, the yeah. way up to being able to do this. You were dreaming big. All the way back, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like there's a correspondence between how you were oriented and how you were dreaming, and and what you're what you're landing with. Yeah.
2: And um, it's funny, like you know, if you would have asked me years ago, would would I have you know led an initiative to to bring a, a school here for low income students or rename a boulevard, you know, in a in a historic city, uh, and start to get involved in some of those civil and social yeah. things? Yeah. Years ago, I probably would have said no. Mm-hmm. Um, but if as I'm following my passion and purpose it's not a surprise to anyone that knows me yeah, yeah. like anyone that knows me be like oh pfft, yeah yeah. that, that just makes <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know you're uh-huh. not one to, to sit inside the lane and stay inside the lane you're always one to you know, you know, push the boundaries a little bit. You know, open up the doors of of, of collaboration and really think like, what can we do to impact things? Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, I'm a big component of social capital. You know, you are who you surround yourself with. You're never gonna know as much about everything, but. If I don't know a specific thing and I know Gareth does, yep. then I'm gonna bring Gareth into the conversation. Yeah. So yeah, my yeah. social capital increases. That's right. And I don't have to know all of it. That's right. But I bring yeah. people in. Facts. And that's where you get this humility standpoint of, I'm not good. I'm good at some this one thing that I do really well. Yep. Uh, and he's really good at this, so let's mm-hmm. bring it together. Voltron. And then what happens is <laughs> yeah. people start to look at you and they respect you differently because they know you're not a know-it-all. They yeah, know no. you don't oh, yeah. think that yeah, you know yeah. everything, and yep. they know that you're you're open and vulnerable to saying, "I don't know about this." But my man Ryan, you know, my man Baxton. No, now they legit on this, so let's yeah. bring them into yeah. the project. Yeah, I think that's huge, man. Um, and I think that 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 adds a lot. Uh, and you you hit it well, because I remember when I was coming up as a designer, I wanted to be the guy who designed the next Nike. You yeah. know, I just yeah. I just wanted to be that guy, you know, but you're not gonna be the, yeah. you're not gonna be, yeah, yeah. you're not gonna yeah. be Paul Rand and design, you're not gonna <laughs> right. design the Apple or the, the, the IBM yeah. logo. Yeah, you're yeah. just not gonna do that, right? Yeah. And so, but what can I do along the way oh, yeah. that leverages and adds up to something that is just as empowering That's and right. impactful yeah. um, to do that? Because if you wait for that thing, my father-in-law told me, he took me out for, I asked him out for coffee to get permission to marry uh, his, his daughter. And he says, um, you know, I asked him and, you know, he says, of course, eventually said yes, but he said, what well, took you so long? <laughs> and I said, well, I, I I, I didn't have the money. I, I didn't think I was. He said, you're, you're never going to have enough money. Yeah, that's facts. You're never going to have money, enough money to have kids. You're never <laughs> going to have enough money not. to do. He said, you're never going to have enough. So you just go with it. You go with your gut. You yeah, just go. You got to do it. And, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it, dude, that's such a beautiful picture, too.
0: Because, I mean, even like that idea you talk about, you know, marrying somebody, like, because what happens, like, I don't have enough coming into this, but once I bring you into this, we mm-hmm. got more. Right, right, right. And it's always that growth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I, th- I think it's a it's a beautiful like picture of I think how things oh, work. Well, yeah. Also,
1: it speaks to the um, embodied aspect of initiating future responsibilities. Yeah, that you, like you like you know like when my kids, I remember, my, I've I've told people this, I was like, they're like, I can't have kids, but what, I was like, what you're looking at though is like my ten year old, my seven year old, my five year old. You're looking at my kids at a particular point. I'm attuned yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. You're just seeing them at a glance and saying, Oh, right. that's too much. Right, right, right. I was right. like, what I got was my my daughter Ivory was Ava was five pounds, eight ounces. She's undersized. Mm-hmm. She fit right here. That's crazy. Yeah. That's how big I was as a parent. So we grew together. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you don't love something that doesn't exist. Right. So I couldn't love her until I saw her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? It's like a filler in my wife's yeah. stomach. Like, and so the love the love necessary to act happened after the initiation of, well, I guess we're going to have a kid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's like so many things are more like that. Like I'm not going to be able to catch the ball unless I run and you throw it. Yeah. 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 So I can't be like, you gotta, to, you, you, you gotta, gotta get in there and you do gotta it. get in there you and gotta that's get the in there and risk piece. Yeah. That's the risk piece. I mean, so you, for you with your business, like you can wait and have everybody like you, you can't hedge your bets till there's, Total consensus, on without question. Because then you wouldn't be, you With, wouldn't be without question. a creative or a business owner, nah, like you. Nah. Yeah, right. Like, and it's yeah. just against everything
2: that I am. And when Bax and I, we, 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 we literally, I'm telling you, we're working out of my dining room, uh, a, a Panera here, Graduate Richmond Hotel. We worked out of that, and then it was like, you know, if we're gonna do this, we got, we got to do this, man. Yeah. We can't, like, we, we can't have people continually meeting us at these odd places. If we want to be legit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Again, perception is everything. Totally. And so, luckily, we fell upon this, and now it's a whole different because it challenges us now. Like, oh, this shit's real now. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. like I'm just working out of my home. It's a kind yeah. of side gig, and I go to Panera and meet you here and yes. there. It's yes. like, no, we have an office space now that we now the stuff is legit. Nah, it's legit, right? Yeah. And so it's it's literally taking 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 that leap and having the faith that I'm a firm believer of, of leap and the net will appear. I've took so many leaps. Even the leap to come here was a leap. The mm-hmm. leap Swiss, leaving Swiss Army was a leap. Mm-hmm. When I left, uh, Capital One was a leap. Yeah. But I just felt, you know, you 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 tagged uh, and said earlier, you know, the providence. I just felt like, you know, things will things will align. I, I just, the providence will align if you have faith into jumping out and doing yeah. those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I do want to t- uh, touch back on one thing you mentioned. I remember when I had my daughter um and she was two when we had when we had our son, and I called my mom's up and I say ma I call her ma dukes i say ma i say how do you how, how do you how am I gonna love this son as much as I love my daughter like i there's yeah. no greater love than my daughter and she said you will love them just as much. Yep. Like you just, cause I was so worried that I wouldn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have enough love yep. to give. And she goes, you're going to love them just as much. There's a different love that you'll have, but it'll be just as much. And it's not going to be any different. And she's, she's freaking right. Yeah. Like I just, it's just, and cause I kept thinking like, you, I can't love any more yeah. than what I'm given
1: now until you have the second one. And yeah. you're right in no. there. And it's yeah, like, yeah.
2: I love it just as much. Yeah. it's
1: crazy. No, I, so just to just to harp on that a little bit because I, I find like this isn't like what you're sharing sometimes it just needs to be said out loud. Yeah, I think a lot of folks struggle with fear. So my wife <clears throat> lost her mom when she was three from cancer, and so I think there was a lot of hesitations about children. She just mm-hmm. there's other 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 things that contributed to this. But so when we got married, I you know I had a rough upbringing. But I, I always kind of was like, man, if I ever get a chance to be a dad, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just part of me that had a rough fatherhood experience. And so I was like, I would love the chance, but I'm willing to marry my wife without this being re- a mm-hmm. realization. Mm-hmm. So we got married, you know, we're, we're best friends. We're, you know, we're lovers. We're the whole nine. And so we're, we're at a certain point in our marriage, though. We're walking down the street um, on Flo- not Floyd, Grove. And we're holding hands, just walking, mm-hmm. just kind of a you know, rare occasion of just talking together. And she goes... Um, It sounds kind of corny, but it was the fact. She's like, "Uh, I feel like I love you so much at this point that it would be selfish for us to to keep it to ourselves. It's kind of like we've poured enough in the cup that it's spilling over. We should probably grab a third cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, I'm open to kids. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I'm like trying to keep it cool. I'm like... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. And so, I mean, we didn't really plan it, but we had a kid. But my point was, my point is um, the, the, this is, this is the building block to society in my, in my opinion. What I mean by that is. The two overflows into three. Well, why is that? Because there's something about the way we burn together mm-hmm. that necessitates more kindling, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the love extends; it burns out. Mm-hmm. But so, so you introduce more kindling, it introduces more burn, right? right. So the love increases as the uh, in a multitudinal of way, of course, of course, because more people come to the picture. Yeah, that yeah. is a picture of what needs to happen in our society.
2: Nah, that's legit, right there. Yeah. yeah, that's, that, that's the blueprint. That's, that's the that's legit, right? Yeah, and, the, the, and that yeah. speaks yeah.
1: to the whole "no one be known." I mean, all
0: the stuff, that's right? right. It's like, yeah. like we see this in a very microscopic way within those relationships, and I think all of us have had some experience with that in our life, right? Yeah. where it feels like there's so much intensity here that these two things can't hold it. Right, there's more. Yeah, but then you get that, and you say like, "Well." Well, what are those experiences in the studio in grad school Mm -hmm. when you got two or three painters or two or three designers that Mm -hmm. are working together? You get a collaborative project and stuff starts popping off Mm -hmm. like Arthur Ashe Boulevard stuff. Mm -hmm. What's it look like? Well, it it looks like those microcosms that y'all are talking about. No, no, no. no, You're right. right. And it's not because, oh, it just happens to be a fluke that it's like that. It's like because the interpersonal relationship of individuals also plays out scale wise throughout Mm -hmm. society. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when we start to see how does your city come together yeah. well it comes together with with individuals yeah. Yeah. that have like uh, this is a charged word, but like like a, a, a right understanding in some ways about how they interact with other individuals yeah 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 mm-hmm. so that when those individuals become groups and collective groups, now we can start to see that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean you know it's uh, one of those things where if, if we find individuals that are having a hard time stepping out throwing stuff out in the universe. Mm-hmm then how do we do that as a group? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it still comes back to a sense of like, you know, I need to be, I need to be making some stuff. Yeah. I need to be well, finding some love. Yeah, well, yeah, so yeah, yeah, if yeah. I could
1: add, if I could add one kind of like point to this that I, I feel like you expressed in a, in a different sense, you know, that's going to sound kind of mm, like old school or whatever, but I just want to say like, in this kind of like picture of a marriage, just for a second is fidelity, the promise of a future love Secures a kind of possibility to know each other. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about building culture, how do we have cultural fidelity? Yeah, how are we devoted to each other in such a way that it relaxes us into uh, the vulnerability you're talking Mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. And so um, I feel like that's a that there's something to to be learned from that. That is scaled into something. You know, for the the larger mm-hmm. community. So, mm-hmm. like, is it devotion to my neighbors? Is it de- mm-hmm. I'm, am I devoted to my street? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I devoted to like? Yeah. Am I? So, I mean, these are things we're trying to live out. But also, it requires, I think, what you were saying, which is, you gotta you, like, you know, the way I'm hearing is, you're like, when I do something, I'm all in.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: a fidelity to the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you're not allowing. You're not permitting. It doesn't seem to me that you're mm-hmm. permitting a caveat of like. I'm gonna I'm marry this person for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or this idea for two years, and I'm gonna bounce on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's some kind of driving fidelity. Like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna make this business happen. Yeah, yeah. Right? We're gonna see it to whatever completion it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um you can't hedge your bets in that way. Right. You've you've got a promise if you've got a prom like, you know, when I marry my wife, I'm like, I promise to love you forever. Man, how can I make that promise? I mean, there's right. a lot, a lot to that discussion, but the idea that I'm giving you a promise of a future love, right? And I'm going to live out that to it, a commitment. So I'm going to live it out, yeah. Which doesn't ensure perfection, but it does. It does yeah. uh, require endurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And
2: I think that this conversation, um, because I don't want to miss out on what I'm going to say next. But I think this conversation led to that. We've talked about you know kind of my journey and where mm-hmm. it's gone and where it's been, uh, you know, and 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 it seems like all 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 roses. But, you know, there were times where I almost flunked out of undergrad.
1: Yeah, right? same here. Same
2: here. Um, there were times when I went to SCAD, even at, at Moorhead State, when I got my first master's and then in, in, in the SCAD, uh, I had to take out loans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I had to go in debt. But then I didn't feel like I was even a good designer. Mm-hmm. I even yeah, questioned okay. myself because yep. of the talent there. So I yep. had to sacrifice and I had to commit to that. And then when I, when, when I left Swiss Army, My wife was not employed at the time. You know, we moved here. And before we moved here, there was a year in between before we even moved here. Mm-hmm. We're exhausting everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you yeah. know, we're going into our savings account to survive. We're doing mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And I took a leap of faith to come here. My wife is from the Northeast. She doesn't understand the the South. And this is not really the South. But yeah. you know, my kids were born in Connecticut. They left, I uprooted them and they left all their friends to follow my dream to here, which I didn't know why. God was pulling me into Richmond, Virginia, yeah, yeah. Uh, just in spirituality in itself. I sure. didn't know why I was being brought here, yeah. mm-hmm. and then when I left uh, uh, Capital One, yeah, you know, there was a year before anything else happened. Yeah. You know, of course, there was a nice package of separation and all that stuff when we got to that point uh, when I knew that that wasn't it. Uh, and then it was like, OK, what am I going to do next? You know, mm-hmm. so, you know, and then just trying to find and navigate through um, to, to to be in situations to where an Arthur Ashe comes into play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the school, you know, what I did when I left uh, Capital One was the school. Mm-hmm. But it was all nonprofit. It was all volunteer. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't getting paid for that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You
2: know what I mean? Yeah. And and then, you know, my wife was a stay-at-home at at the time. She left uh, her career in coaching. And so we're using up the package, Mm -hmm. right? We're trying to set stuff aside and things like that. So I don't want folks to sit here and listen and think of, you know, oh my gosh, they had the easy road and I'll never get there. I want folks to know that it takes persistence, it takes faith and it takes commitment and it takes risk, right? that's the big one. You know, and you gotta be confident in taking risk in your talent, but understand that it's gonna be a tough road, Mm. but you can't, remember we talked about it earlier, you gotta have that grit to figure Mm -hmm. out how to get through it and you can't not go back. Uh, And so whenever I give any type of, of presentation or speaking engagement, particularly with creatives, mm-hmm. I let them know that it's not an easy road. Cause I've sat in some audiences yes, nice. where I hear, oh yeah, I started my own company. I'm making millions of dollars and I got yeah. this. And I'm like, how in the fuck? How the yeah.
1: hell do you do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me the details. <laughs> but man. the thing yeah, is is
2: I don't know if Brown Baylor's going to kick off. That's right. You know what that's, I mean? Yeah. That's but I got to take a risk. I got to take a chance at that's it. Right. And and that's what it's about. Uh. And, and but understanding that there is hard work in everything and we just have to be persistent. I don't want anybody to think that it was easy for me to get Facts. to where I am. It's it takes determination and mm-hmm. commitment. Uh. And there were times, man, scary times my family was ready to move back to Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So much so that we sold our house in Connecticut. My wife was like, we'll just move back. In. We'll move, we'll, not back, we'll move in with my mom. Yeah. Mm. Because they didn't like it here. Yep. My kids weren't happy here. Yeah. My wife was unhappy here. Mm. And I'm trying to, and I wasn't really happy at Capital One. After mm. about, you know, three months in, I was like, eh. Yeah, yeah not yeah. all you cracked up to be. It, it, it's <laughs> yeah. a specific space for individuals. No Some no people doubt. love it. For me, I was purpose driven. Yeah. I want to do work that impacts my community. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if I can't do your work and impact my community at the same time, then it's not a good fit for me. Yeah. And so I was unhappy with that standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was just a struggle of what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, the tension at home, a well, mom's not happy, nobody's happy. <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, I want folks to know that it is as real as it gets, you yeah. know, wondering you know, how we're going to pay this bill, how we're going to pay that bill, what we're going to do, our kids were in private school, how we're going to continue that. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's a struggle, but if you stay focused and you stay committed, um, you live through your passion and purpose. Yeah. Uh, you have a good partner that supports you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and you just have faith in, in, and putting it out there in the universe. I'm telling you, I, I just, I just think just speaking stuff out. Yeah. So whenever I start to think of, you know, you know, I was telling my <laughs> business partner, I was telling Bax another day, I was like, man, I want to be, you know, six, I want, I want to be, you know, six figures into the, the year. Mm-hmm. Year two, I want to be seven. Mm. Just put it out there. Yeah. If we, will we make it? I I don't know. But yeah. we got to have something out there. Yeah. You got some in targets. order for me to really do this and stand on my own two feet, we got to think that way. Oh yeah. And then we got to put stuff in play for that. That's right. Yeah.
1: Hey, I got a side question on that, man. So you. So I mean, you're you're out there, right? And you got you got charisma. So my feeling is, I mean, and, and I'm not. We've. I've experienced a a decent amount of of just sort of being entrepreneurial. So we'll make things, do things, and people will come around Mm -hmm. and go, well, this is exciting. Like, I want to be, you know, like when we started the gallery, people were like, "Nah, I don't want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Now those folks are back and are like, Mm -hmm. how can I get in, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, or whatever. And so um, I found it hard to navigate people's enthusiasm and Mm -hmm. willingness to collaborate in terms of is it fool's gold or is it real? Mm -hmm. And I've had a hard time knowing how to – Feeling guilty for sometimes maybe holding tighter, yeah. Because yeah, I'm yeah. like, I, I'm excited for your enthusiasm, but I'm not sure that you have the the grit you're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Have you experienced that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you're when you're stoking excitement, yeah. How do you how do you know who to link arms well,
2: with? Well, it's it's funny because I, I mean I I surround myself with character people. I yeah. surround myself with people that know who I am and what I'm about. So a yeah, lot yeah. of times it's folks that already know. Gotcha. My values and where I'm going. And then we get into a conversation or they'll say, Hey, I'm talking to a person who I think you should meet a lot of things aligned. It could be a good opportunity, yep. that type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and, and that's, honestly, that's kind of way that it happens. You know, a lot of folks ask us, what's your marketing strategy? How I haven't, we at this point, we You're haven't the had, to, we haven't had yeah. to go out. People have said, I want you to do what you did for Arthur Ashe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want you to help us make history type of deal because yep. we've already established a brand personality. Right. And I established that I was really, really, really particular about it at Capital One because I left Swiss Army understanding that I want my work to mean something. Yep. And when I took the job at Capital One, I made sure that everybody I enacted with, that I engaged with, mm-hmm. knew this is who I am. This is what I'm about. And ain't no shifting. I don't have time to play any games. I'm too yeah. old for that. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah I'm not yeah, going to sit that. here and play all this stuff. Yep. If you don't align with me, good luck. Yep. This is where I stand. Yeah. And, and so I really made sure that my brand was cemented when I was there mm. and that carries out to the community. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's times where I hear folks saying, were your ears burning? We were, we, I was meeting with, you know, such and such, and they were talking about you and, and, and Brown Baylor or what you're doing mm-hmm. at Randolph-Macon and what you're doing in the community, and they want, they want, they want to partner with you. They, they want to talk to you about a project. All right. You know, if he, if, if he comes to me and if Gareth comes to me and tells me something like that, then I'm trusting him yeah, because yeah, he knows yeah. me to do that. But mm. one of the things you said is how collectively as a community, how do we do that together? Yeah. So one the first thing I did here is I reached out to AIGA Richmond. He was the president at the time. Yeah. I think either outgoing or or No, I was, yeah, I was, I was there. Yeah. I was there. And, and I, I reached out to him immediately. Yeah. yeah. And and then that's because I felt like from a creative standpoint, let me anchor myself into this community because yeah. I know that that is the community that's going to help direct and change. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 That's big.
0: That's great, man. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, this has been a fantastic conversation. It's awesome. Been really, really good. <laughs> I think, you know, like really just to wrap everything up, like where in all of these things you've talked about, where can people find you in yeah. all
2: the places that you <laughs> Yeah, talk find well, you? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe just talk about,
1: talk about, um, Brown Baylor, right now, like, yeah. like, give, give the legit pitch, man. Like, let us yeah, know, yeah, yeah, Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then, where else can we find you? But, like, yeah. I mean, break it down, man. What, yeah, what's your objectives? Yeah. what do you, what are y'all doing? Absolutely, what you to
2: absolutely. So, uh, uh, we're, we're Brown Baylor. We're a creative strategy marketing agency, uh, minority owned, minority led, um, and 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 our tagline is: We make history. We make history by curating experiences that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, we help individuals develop, deliver, and declare intentional narratives that drive results. Uh, and that could be in the for-profit space. That can be in the nonprofit space. But it has to be in a situation where folks are trying to make history. Um, they're trying to do something that is against the grain, that is against the norm, or they're competing to get something that's already there and they want to shift up. Yeah. We're really good at creating narratives. We're really good at storytelling. We're really good at giving you the tools that you need to go out and stand on the mountaintop and say, hey, this is who we are and this is what we're about. Uh, so when you walk in our office, you'll see Brown Bailey, we make history and we're not afraid to say it. Uh, but that's the type of engagement we want with our, with our, uh, customers. Um, we have what we consider a unique process. Uh, we've been in the creative world for years and years and years. And so we know there's a part of creative that's missing. Mm. Uh, and that's what the engagement with the client and how we walk them along with us. Mm-hmm. Um, for the solution, so they're already involved, they're already invested in it. It's not like pulling back the black curtain and say, "Hey, here are your three options," yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then you got to explain what each of those mean. Right. You know, mm-hmm. by the time we get to that stage, everybody's already invested. Yep. Um, yeah. We we have a client engagement process that tears down everything to build a foundation. Of 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 who that organization is, mm-hmm. we can go from the, the uh, to use the term the router to the tutor. We can do a, complete, <laughs> a laptop computer. We, we, <laughs> there you go. We can go a complete rebrand. Yeah. Uh, we can go to just a marketing strategy, a social media strategy, uh, logo development, those types of things. We can we can do that. But you know, there's a lot of creative agencies out here. that are doing great great work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just feel we have a niche in how we engage within our process that separates us from another. Um, We're right here in Chaco Bottom, you know, 1901, East Franklin Street, which we call our headquarters in our little space. Um, And uh, we've got got a lot of great projects going on, working with some things with the Richmond Public School System, working with some some minority-led commercial real estate organizations. We're doing some great work for Hope Pharmacy up at the market on 25th from a marketing strategy standpoint. Uh, We've got some folks, and hopefully we'll know today uh, if we get the bid for an organization down in Hilton Head, Mm -hmm. um, a food pantry that's trying to expand their uh, resources and capabilities. And then- Uh, One other thing we're working on is we're in a pitch for an international nonprofit organization in the hospitality industry Mm. that wants to recreate a new narrative of diversity and inclusion within their, not only their board, their membership, but their outreach to HBCUs, high schools and communities of color. So those are some of the things that we're kind of working on. Uh, We're hitting pretty good right now. That's great. Um, And, and so, you know, you know, looking at that mid six, you know, low end six figure, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, 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 that's where we want to be by, by the end of this year going into what would COVID-19 maybe first quarter. Yeah. Um and, uh, you know, continually trying to trending up on that. So yep. you can find us at Do it. uh, Facebook, Brown Baylor, uh, mm-hmm. Twitter and Instagram, The Brown Baylor. Uh, everyone that comes in our spot, Gareth was in there They get a traditional headshot in front of our wall. Uh, we had a custom door made by a local artist, uh, artist here, uh, Keith Ramsey, who does some amazing work. Uh, so it's a tradition that we've built, and then we'll plaster all that on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can also find me at Randolph-Macon where I'm doing, a, we're doing amazing, amazing things yeah, developing our true. communities, yeah. our students, preparing them for the real world, covering everything from financial literacy um, That's great. To, to, to just uh, networking, um, uh, brand awareness, those types of things. Yeah. We're doing all that great stuff. I've been there for going on. This is my third academic year. Love it, love it, love it. Small institution, very similar to, uh, to, to rent, uh, to Georgetown college where I went to school. Mm -hmm. Um, but really again, trying to inspire and change the narrative from the history of what was, you know, Randolph-Macon has a, you know, a challenging history. Uh, and, and, and we need to change that, you know, the population in terms of diversity and inclusion and marginalized individuals, not where it should be. So Mm -hmm. we need to focus on that. Uh, So I'm doing some things there that that a push that envelope as well. Uh, And then staying connected in the community as much as possible. Um, you know, not an activist per se, but a, a social justice instigator. Yeah, if I could yeah. use a, a superhero term, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's kind of what, what we'll try to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and just really try to partner with folks like you all and, and others and really try to, you know, I, I want to you know, stand on the shoulders of others. But then I want to be able to lift the city up higher yeah,
1: and put it in a great, right. in, in a great situation. Yeah. Well, I got one more question for you. Yo. Top five. Top five MCs. Oh, dog!
2: you're going to put me on the spot. (laughs) I need to know. I need to know. It's a messed up question. It's a messed Uh, up question. So I'm going to go in no particular order. I'll do it that way. Talib Kweli, Mm. most common. Mm -hmm. Cosine. Let's see. Uh, You got to throw Biggie in there, Uh, and you know what? I'm a huge. I'm a huge fan. I don't listen to him as much as I should. But Jada Kiss is legit, man. Jada I mean, Kiss is nice, he man. He's legit. <laughs> okay. Uh, and so, of course, Tupac is in there. I put Tupac and Biggie in the same bucket. I grew yeah, up on Tupac. He's, not, he's yeah, totally yeah, legit. Yeah. What about Black Thought? Uh, legit, man. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, when you think of Talib Kweli, you got to think of, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. of Black Thought. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, I would, I, I tell you what I would do. I would take out Jada Kiss. I would, I would have those top three and, and uh, those three, and then Biggie and Pac. And yeah. then there's a bucket of others that need to be in the conversation. Yeah,
1: I could sign on that. Yeah, I mean, all the way. I I still and then and then like tribe by just hold this. Try call questions. Oh just my god! Special. Uh, come on. And I, I can't. I love. I mean, I will always hold outcast for me. Yeah. As, yeah. 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 As, yeah. As revolutionary, yeah. groundbreaking in their own own right. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. But yeah, I just love hearing. I just, I just need to know how you're gonna wrestle that through because yeah, because <laughs> the, the pickings are abundant. I know, yeah. man. I mean, but common when he was Common Sense, can I borrow a dollar? Like common yeah. people yeah, yeah. understand. Like that man has held it down for so, for so long. stinking long, so yes. long, so long, and transcended. Oh, yeah. Like he successfully matured matured yeah. up yeah, yeah, yeah. in a way that allows him to still be relevant.
2: Man, the dude is the voice of IBM. I he's, know, the, man. he's the <laughs> I That's mean, incredible. Come on, yo. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I feel like that's a discussion. Uh, maybe yeah, for another time, but like yeah. just really talking about how that was uh birthed out of what I think is the I, I feel like hip hop hip hop rap is the uh, there's like a purity to the art form. Yeah that is truly out of a out of an American soil, yeah. if you will, in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's been one of the most culture-shaping art forms yeah, yeah, yeah. I personally feel like I've ever seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and, um,
2: and, and, and I mean, I, I think you're right. Culturally shifting everything, uh, it's just... Pervasive. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, and yeah, just yeah, to yeah. be so flexible and so fluid, I was. Uh, they were running during all the social unrest, of course, and... Um, um, Oh shoot! Uh, do the right thing. You know, yep. I, I went back to to watching that and just, you know, just just hip hop. Yeah. Well, there was a you know There was I mean? a video,
1: a live stream, man, and some dude rolls up, some you know piece rolls up, and he's got uh, like a rebel flag. <laughs> yeah. and In a in a Trump flag, and there's all these hip hop uh, cats. Uh, or I mean, this this DJ. And they're playing music, and this guy rolls up. He starts saying stuff. People start uh, fighting back and forth, and then he puts on some Wu Tang, and it's like do, doom, 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 doom. Doo, doo. And I was like, oh, I can't, like, I can't believe, I'm, like, yeah, the yeah, music yeah. is battling, yeah. the symbology. And yeah. and the the symbology lost like the music was like boom, boom. yeah Dude, it yeah. just blew my mind I was yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I can't believe the the full circle of this right you know the power of it or well and then you get into hip hop groups and then yeah. and you get mm. into
2: the the spinoffs you know uh, it just each of those individually going and doing their own thing yeah. Method Man oh my Red gosh man, man. and yeah. it's just yeah. I mean it's it's crazy but just but, seeing
1: a DJ do battle with a white supremacist was amazing yeah. to me yeah yeah I yeah. was like that is. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, that dude just got cold shut down <laughs> with a guy on a turntable, man. It was be- I was amazing, man. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. moment. It was a singular moment for yeah, me growing up. Yeah. 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 Anyhow. Well, cool. Yeah, we thanks for sharing, We could talk that man. all day. Yeah. Oh my, I'm my gosh. I'm going there
2: and bump that today. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put a, a station together with all them jokers in there. Do it. <laughs> Do it, man. Do it. And then, uh, then, uh, hit me up with it. Share it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I actually I meant to bring some over, so I got some shirts. So we lucked up on this uh, digital uh, directed garment printer, um, and we only do limited edition. Uh, right no now, we're doing you know inspirational words during our, our current unrest. Um, and, uh, we're going to add a shop button on our site so folks can start dropping That's some of up. those in, but we've getting pretty hit pretty good. But I do have some, uh, one of our, our shirts is our racism is not a debate shirt. Mm. Uh, and then we have the own your story shirt and then the, 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 uh, good trouble, necessary trouble shirt. So I, th- I think I've got some over there. Um, I meant to bring over here for you That's all to come up, and and pick up. And if not, I know I've got some, just some Brown Baylor just yeah, yeah. branded shirts. We'll rep it. We'll rep it on campus, man. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 Absolutely. And we'll,
0: we'll, we'll be sure. We'll be throwing these links up in the description.
2: Yeah, the that's yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll be sharing yeah, this, man. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah. did... Um, no, he's at the University of Richmond. I was thinking um, uh, uh, Mad Skills. He's okay. at the University of Richmond, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did uh, the Mad Skills Day celebration down at the Broadberry. We we, we we did that. Uh, he's a solid dude, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was thinking that he was teaching at VCU, yeah, but it's the University of Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: what's up, man. You're a busy man, yeah. yeah. So we really appreciate. Yeah, we really appreciate. I love it, it man. This, man. this is great. Dude. This is yeah. great. Yeah. And I, I always look forward to it. Uh, uh, it's come to be known in my mind as like the Don Trees text. But <laughs> every few months, it's like you know, <laughs> six to twelve months, I'll get this text. He's like, "Hey, my man, we got to talk. I got something big." Yeah. And so I'm just like, "All right, I'm ready to hear it. Let's roll. Let's see what this is. What can we be a part of?" So yeah. uh, it's always exciting to hear what's going on with you, man. That's and great. Uh, you know, hey. Uh, once these next few years pop off we're going to have you back on again yeah and yeah, to yeah I'd love next to touch, chapter yeah. that would, be, yeah, that would be phenomenal man yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah t- touch
2: back in yeah we, so. should, we should do something in the atrium too old old school hip hop in listen, the atrium with we'll branded shirts listen my you mind's make, already
1: like thinking about how <laughs> do now. we do what a, a show how do we do yeah. a show yeah, yeah. in here and in your space yeah, 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 yeah. and get some yeah absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I got thoughts we just out a wall I will make my studio that's what I'm saying man alright listen listen
0: man it's just going to be moving in. To the conversation after the conversation yes, uh, I know, we'll right. let y'all know how it shakes you out but it. as always yeah. we love y'all thank you so yeah, much you. for listening it's thank awesome. you so much for being a part of this Don yeah, thanks for putting me on and as always yeah, we'll catch you next it. time next time yep thanks you've been listening to Shaco Art Speak a production of Shaco Art Space we are an independent non-profit art gallery in Richmond, Virginia we can be found online at shacoartspace.com and in real life in historic Shaco Bottom.